Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Deuteronomy is pretty much the the prequels of the Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all yeah. just like space economics and genealogies, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Currently browsing Twitter. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. I think I just realized when I start the intro, I do it very quickly because I'm trying to get into it before anybody interrupts me with more outtake content. <laughs> so like the beginning of the intro every week is, welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything. <laughs> it's, like, it's getting faster and faster. It's getting faster and faster every time. Uh, welcome, guys. It is uh, good to see your lovely faces again this week. I uh, hope everything's been well in this uh, current crazy world of ours. Everybody holding up okay? Yeah, I'm thankful to be healthy. Um, I just got good news. My mom went to the doctor. She, uh, They weren't sure if maybe her thyroid cancer was back, and she got all oh, no. clean bill of health. Nice. So well, that's good. We're kind of we're happy because not only is she, are we healthy from you know viruses and such, but we're all like she's also like genuinely healthy right now. And so I mean, we're really and, and fuck cancer, really. Fuck I mean, cancer. Yeah, it's fuck awful. it. It is awful. Ruins way too many lives and families. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome to hear, Danae. That's 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 really good news. Um, yeah. Good. So yeah. So we're all we're all feeling really grateful and happy over on on this end. Um, and also, Iris is extra extra happy because my husband decided yesterday to go to the fair during uh, a pandemic COVID nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Um. He he went masked, of course. Spent ten dollars. Well, he spent ten dollars to get to the fair. He walked directly to the duck pond where mm-hmm. he went in and he pulled a picture out of our daughter. You guys remember me talking about? Uh huh. Yeah. No, I know exactly bear. where this is going. And uh, they said, yeah, we might have a few of those. And they went digging through boxes from last year and found three remaining green Aww. stuffed bears. And you bought them all. And just, he bought them all. <laughs> of course. Of course you did. <laughs> and, he, and, they, he, and they all have COVID. He came, oh God. So he came back home last night and uh, I got to take a, an adorable video of Iris, quote unquote, being given back her lost bear. Yeah. Uh, so now she is over the moon that her stuffed green bear tack howl has returned. I want to thank everybody for your concern after releasing that information. The podcast, I actually got messages about like how sad and heartbreaking it was. I I genuinely was super okay with this being a lesson of loss. And, you know, sometimes things don't come back. That's what I was going to say. And and just and just like that, all that work you did teaching her about mourning things uh, went by the (laughs) wayside. (laughs) It's all gone now. That's a good dad, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was. 
That's why he's yeah. my BFF. Man, he's a he's a good daddy, <laughs> and um, we 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 had ha- he had happy tears. That was for sure, and yeah. it was. Well, and you moment. got two backups in case she loses that one. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's right. Keep those hidden. <laughs> Uh, before we move into the rest of the podcast, I did want to uh, bring up the Sin Club membership thing because we've been having a bunch of new Sin Club members and welcome. Yes, we uh, have. It's, it's been so fun to welcome you to the family. Uh, we had the uh, Overlord, uh, Overlord, right? Isn't that the name of that movie? <laughs> I, didn't Wait, know what you were, I didn't know where you were Am going I the that. Overlord? No, I'm, the yeah, movie. I'm the new yes, Overlord. The movie was called Overlord. <laughs> Today is the Overlord now. Uh, 2019? <laughs> yeah. It's a 2019 movie, right? Yeah. So we do a monthly uh, video release just for our Sin Club members, yeah. uh, specifically uh, our Peeper level members and above. And uh, so we did everything wrong with Overlord just for them. And so a lot of new people coming to see that video. And thanks for hanging out at the Sin Club. Uh, while you're there, make sure you check out all the bonus podcasts that we've done. Uh, if you're a fan of this podcast and the Sin Cast, uh, we have a topic uh, that you guys send us each month. That we both talk about and just release for our Sin Club members. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So And the, and there should say the video is not always just an everything wrong with, which no. is always awesome if we can get that done. But sometimes it's like we have extra outtakes and, mm-hmm. you know, we put together like outtake packages. And- or deleted sins. I'm working on one that's all puppets. <laughs> no, no, she is not. And then we show videos of Danae miming uh, Aaron speech patterns. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you are, you that's, are- the, that's the $25 tier. Totally worth it. <laughs> That used totally. to be that used. It's kind of gone away, <laughs> but that used to be like a comedy movie staple. Like the person behind the person, like doing like exaggerated, uh, mm-hmm. like acting like they're lip syncing and doing the hand motions for somebody who's you know being exaggerated in front of them. You really? don't see that as much. Yeah. Chevy but, yeah. Chase is like excellent at doing that, and there's yeah. a really famous clip of him on the Tonight Show with Siskel and Ebert. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that to Roger Ebert, and uh, it's it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I I accidentally brought back the bonus round, and apparently I'm bringing this back too. So. <laughs> well, if you're going to bring it back, the key to it, the key to it uh-huh. is that the person you're doing it to has to occasionally look back, and you have to pretend like nothing's happening. Yes, that's the <laughs> okay. key to yeah. the joke. Which does not work for video. No, because calls. I'm watching you the entire time. <laughs> Mock me. <laughs> So if you're interested in joining those who have come to the the Sin Club, feel free to check it out at uh, Patreon. That's where it happens. Patreon.com slash. I almost said Sin Club, but it's not. It's CinemaSins. <laughs> or you can go to the CinemaSins, <laughs> we- you can go to the CinemaSins website, uh, which is CinemaSins.com, of all things, and, oh. and click on membership there. So, But we do appreciate that, and there's some really fun stuff there. And me personally, I've been really enjoying kind of the community aspect of it and the comments and that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of this nice little growing community of, uh, of fans. So Absolutely. thank you for doing that. And we've even got our fun little Slack channel too. If, uh, if you become a member, there's, there's things. You there. mean Discord? That's... Discord. Yeah. But yeah, I meant we have our fun little Discord <laughs> channel. Maybe yes. just, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick the show off with this inside scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. 
take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff that we were sending in general. Uh, still on our nice little avatar run, which I am still enjoying thoroughly. Uh, we did the episode Zuko Alone. This was a Dicer Hughes script. Danae and I wrote on this one. Now, why do you think this one was a popular like fan pick? Is it because we get to see Zuko's heart, like that he's a good person? I think it's for I think it is it's a bottle episode about Zuko's transformation. And I think his character arc is probably the most complex of the show. And because of that, people really love the way that character transitions. And so it's one of those episodes you remember of like this episode was all about Zuko, was said a lot about who he was, who he wanted to be, and how that still wasn't wouldn't be enough for a lot of people. Yeah, there's a real there's a depth to it that that I think is is really beautiful. I haven't seen every episode, but it seems to me like what I've gotten out of it is that he's more pissed off than he is like a bad person. Yes. He's, he was dealt a really difficult yeah. hand. And in this episode, you get more of a backstory into like his upbringing and what life was like for Zuko. Um, I think it kind of begins to explore and the sin sort of show this a little bit with his sister. But um, it starts to explore that, you know, his sister is like a prodigy and he was kind of basic. And so his sister was uh, by his kind of really intense dad and his intense grandfather, mm. his sister was seen more of a, of a leader or more able or he was more sensitive. And also in this episode, I think, I mean, I didn't read to be a hundred percent certain, but it, it, I think his mom kills his grandmother to spare him and then she ends up being killed is that right Aaron yeah that's basically what happens okay yeah good god so so like what's going on with this show you're killing grandmas and it's really intense because they're like (laughs) there's like this moment where Zuko's dad um goes to the grandfather who's like the, the emperor or whatever and he says I want you to um deny the birthright of my older brother so that I can be next in line. Mm. And so the emperor essentially says, as punishment, I'm going to make you kill, or I'm going to kill your firstborn son. And so, which is Zuko. Mm -hmm. And so the mother, I think, finds out about this and she goes in the night and kills the emperor and is never seen again. So we Mm. just assume she's dead. And then Zuko's father ascends to become the next one in line. But yeah, it's kind of a little bit nebulous. I'm not sure if that's actually what happens because I didn't do research. I think you're right. So I think you're right. I would need a refresher what, to know for sure implied. too. Yeah, but the yeah. the sister is a full on villain, right? Yeah, she's, she's a psychopath. Bad. Yeah, yeah, nice. she's she's straight up fire that, crazy that's girl. That's hot. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> literally, literally. <Yeah. laughs> we just said literally at the same time. Literally, we did. That's, she's um, a she's a hot hot bender. <laughs> so yeah, this this one really kind of goes into you know the interesting thing about rooting for bad guys or, or rooting against them rather is that uh we're not often shown how they become that way and so this is that glimpse into zuko becoming quote unquote bad guy on his trajectory to redemption and so this is kind of the audience having a chance to sympathize with someone that they've hated mm-hmm. which is probably another reason why this is a popular episode that and scram quackers right this is, <laughs> yes of this course is the one where like he's at one point he's just trying to like he's just trying to feed his animal and then the guys are like bullying him and stuff yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. no it's it's sad yeah Poor yeah so he's Danny traveling Zuko. he's traveling on his own and he's traveling through kingdoms that don't like the fire nation because the fire nation has taken them over and so he's seeing kind of the the you know the state of things in other places as well yeah, so it's like so. uh it's like monty python in the search for the holy grail it's exactly like <laughs> they that. completely ripped that off yes completely yeah. yes way to go avatar <laughs> you silly earth bending <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think I remember that line. I think that was in there somewhere. Uh, let's move into the video itself, Jonathan. Uh, you didn't write on it, so uh, what do you think of the video? Um, I. <laughs> what if like, one of these weeks, one of us is like, you know, you guys, it was it wasn't your best work. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But obviously, I uh, I love the video. Uh, it was very funny. I and I did shadow on it and stuff, so I was involved a little True. more than I normally would be. Um, but I the stuff I wrote down, like I the this episode this episode title is a lie because he's never actually alone. Mm-hmm. I loved that observation. Um, the uh, why would his ostrich want to eat horse? I just remember <laughs> reading that and just being like, oh my god, just shaking my head. But then also laughing. Uh, it, it that one got a lot of love in the comments it may too. Be one of my it's favorite so things. Great. It's just such purposeful ignorance. And yeah. yet, if yet no, if I you listen to like that, that line, I'll take you to my house and feed your uh-huh. ostrich horse for you. Like it, it's just it works. <laughs> and so yeah, I just I love it. Um, and then and then to do the thing about the thing being cute, but then the shell makes it harder to get to the tender meat. Um, and and using Abraham and Isaacing as a verb, I thought was pretty impressive. Oh um, man, yeah, lots <laughs> of I, biblical I stuff. I remember when we were doing the the combination of this one. Um, Aaron and I tend to have a lot of similar crossover, sins. yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of fun. Like the the Zuko alone sins was a combination of ours, mm-hmm. uh, and then we both had biblical sins. Yeah, different, different. Yeah, there ended ones. up being like three. I there were think, three. Right? Yeah, I wrote two of them. that, and then you do the whole genealogy thing, which mm-hmm. is exactly what I thought of when I was watching the episode. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, that's funny. I mean, well, that, yeah, it's like you know, up that begat egat, and I mean, that's like you know, yep. those are like half the chapters in the Old Testament. It felt like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just like droning on and on. Yeah, talk about like. Talk about like setting something up. My God, the Bible has like the is the king of like just. I mean, is, like, can we get to the action? Deuteronomy <laughs> is pretty much the the prequels of the Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all yeah. just like space economics and genealogies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I did like the names too, like Methuselah and uh, I was. I was impressed one? with Aaron on that one. Congratulations like on or Lamat or something. Lamat. Yeah, Lamabeth. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Lama. I don't remember, but Aaron, you did great on pronunciation. Thanks, thanks. Because those are those are intimidating. Yes, yeah. I, I have I have lived a life of biblical pronunciation, so but wait, right. but you made up those names, right? Oh, of course. No. Yes, of oh. course. The the last two I did. So, Danae, do you, oh. do you not realize I changed the last? So this is another one of our combines. <sighs> I Dang ch- it, I didn't realize it. <laughs> you so, thought there was somebody in the Bible named Methuselah? <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I, I mean, that's really did. not that weird. It really isn't. I mean, it's freaking Nehemiah. So, what, yeah. What was the one? What were, what were the originals? I'm going to go like that. By the way, Nehemiah, shortest person in the Bible. That's right. That? Yep. 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 Only knee high. That's so funny. I did not catch that you did that. No, because you used the actual genealogy, didn't you? You went back in. Yeah. in or maybe you had it memorized. I, I don't know. But no, I didn't have it memorized. <laughs> you crazy? Danae's, My God. Danae, the Was it not that, Methuselah, though? Danae memorizes oh. the genealogies. That's the part of the Bible. Um, but oh yeah, so you had the original names in the script. And then I changed the last two to emphasize how boring it was and how lame uh, it was. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So. Well, you learn things when you actually, <laughs> you know, do this show, and that's the one of them. That's uh, funny. But was what was Methuselah? was Methuselah, right? I imagine it was. I don't actually. Remember. I don't know who the other one was. I have no idea. It happened in the combine process. It wasn't while I was narrating. Yeah. I it, it is in the final. No, it was. Uh, yeah, it was in the script. Yeah, I remember it being in the script. Yeah. I thought it was funny. So um, it was. 
Methuselah and Lamech. Yeah. A Lamech. And I said and Lamech. He, did, he just said lame. Yeah, yeah. he just oh. said lame. Yeah. Methuselah and Lamech. Yeah. So. Right, because it's boring. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah wow. Aaron, Aaron Dicer just said the Bible is boring. Just want everybody <laughs> well, to... There are definitely that's a sound bite. <laughs> many parts that... of the Bible that are boring. So There are that also part... many parts of the Bible that are very NC-17 rated, too, so yeah, it's yeah, not all sure. boring. But like any book that's like, you know, 4,000 pages long, there's there's some slow parts. I, I, I do remember how disappointed my, my mom was when she got my answering machine in college. Uh, and I said, hey, your verse of the day is Ezekiel 22.20. And she's like, oh, my son has a verse of the day on his answering machine. And it's the verse in Ezekiel where it's like uh, their genitals were the size of horses and their emission was <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, my mom looks up this verse thinking <laughs> there's – just oh like, Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> Oh my so. god, I almost just went to go look up that verse and I literally in my browser have typed in genitals the size of horror. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm stopping myself. What am I doing? I'm not Googling you, that. You could Google Jeez. Ezekiel 2220. That's probably the easier way to get there instead of Googling I, horse genitals. Well, I wasn't going to ask you the verse again. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. And I also wasn't sure if you actually remembered that that was the verse. It might be. Is it? Is it Ezekiel 22? Oh, I'm I thought you just look looked it up. up. 2320. It's Ezekiel 2320. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's the one that Samuel Jackson? That's Ezekiel, too, right? That he paraphrases? It could be. In Pulp Fiction? Yeah, I think it's Ezekiel 2320, not 2220. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say again? Well, the NIV says, there she lusted after her lovers whose genitals mm -hmm. were like those of donkeys and whose emissions was like that of horses. <laughs> See? Aaron. NC-17 nice. Bible is all I'm saying. Nice. That's all I'm saying. Uh, uh, some of the stuff I loved was the slab of meat stuff. Uh, that was so great. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about the fact that it was being held up by, you know, burnable sticks. And that's that's such a great observation. Um, the, yeah, and forget about having sexy time with farmer wife because those squeals are a mood killer. I mean, unless they aren't. <laughs> right. Which was your edition? The, unless, maybe they're not. Yeah. Of course. Um. Such a good edition. So, yeah. So I really like that stuff. What about you, Danae? I really liked the, like, you already mentioned the magical sticks being immune to fire, but I do, I did like in the comments, people talking about that. Somebody actually wrote that they thought that they were bones. Mm, could be. And yeah. I was like. Okay. I saw somebody whatever. also said if you soak them in water, you can do that. I'm like, eh, maybe for a eh. few minutes, but but that that's not long enough steak. to cook a steak like that. Yeah. Yeah, and pointing out like where, how do you even get the steak there? Like that's a really nice cut of steak. Mm -hmm. So do you just carry it with you? He probably out? hunted it. People did hunt. You know, it's right. Probably... I would just assume that the carcass would be nearby, I, and yeah. also it was just really well cut piece of meat. Anyway, um, pointing out like egg snot. Uh, how Zuko fixes the roof, and then the one that Jonathan already mentioned, the the ducky cuteness, but hard to get to the meat. I thought that was brutal. Um, <laughs> that, that was a combine. Guess which one of us mm -hmm. wrote which part? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danae can get dark. So. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. true. No, that's true. That's fair enough. <laughs> well, and what's funny, you mentioned Scram cra uh, Quackers. This is, you know, Scram Quackers was from a different episode where I just mentioned Last a turtle time. duck. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Scram Quackers shows up in this episode. So, yeah. you know, welcome to the yeah. show. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> that's, that's right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good stuff. Uh, let's move on to regular show. Uh, this was the pilot for regular show. This was a Dicer Watkins script. Uh, so Jonathan and I wrote on this one. Um, I had never seen this show before. Had any of us ever I seen this? 
I had never heard of this show before. We actually have this, and then we have one that's coming up in the next few weeks. This, these are like the first two shows I've literally never heard of before. Yeah, um, I had heard of it. I just never watched it. Yeah. Danae, I'm assuming you hadn't watched it either? Well, I r- recognize the characters. Right. But I don't know from where. Probably like a meme or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know what sh- the show was called that they came from or what format it was. So when I watched the Sins video to prep for today because I hadn't watched it until then. I wasn't a shadow on this one. So this is my first time to like hear their voices or try to catch the vibe of the mm. of the show. Um, and it seems like you guys point out Beavis and Butthead. It, it has that, I don't know, it kind of seems like a little bit of shenanigans. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt myself leaning into a little bit like maybe I should watch an episode of this show. What oh, did you guys think of it? I, I think it, it, it definitely feels like a show that you would enjoy. It feels like a show I would yeah. enjoy on some level. Uh, I think the, the humor is is just um, abstract enough without being so over the top uh, that it that you know, like Spongebob. There's a Spongebob feeling to it, but I think Spongebob goes even further and it's a little annoying mm-hmm. to me where it's just like, okay, this is all just ridiculousness. This this just pushes that needle, at least in the pilot, to the point of this is ridiculous, but it's still in a, in a world and it's still kind of fun to explore and the world. Episodes are like 11 minutes. Sold. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Bring me more of that. No, and I should say I hadn't heard of it until a couple of years ago because when we started doing the channel, it was one that got requested. So that was the first time I ever actually heard of it. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. guess the creators, they've got a show coming out or just came out. Um, so we just thought it would be a, mm. a, a nice time to, uh, to to throw this on there and yeah. see what people people liked it. Uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it was like it was very simple and it was very uh, yeah, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot going on. But it was. But I mean, what was there was funny. Yeah, um, there's a lot of surrealism and just you know yeah, their uh, their stuff. pile of dirty clothes or whatever triggered me. I did not enjoy that. But other than that. <laughs> And then Aaron putting into my mind that that uh, the the bubblegum dispenser guy that was possibly like oh yeah like his excrement or whatever. I, uh, I will tell you when I watched <laughs> that part of the video, I immediately was like Aaron. <laughs> what I called it Benson seed. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. It's very no, tame. Yeah, I was yeah, actually Benson, okay with the joke name. up to that moment, and then I was like, oh. I mean, if that was the dispenser, like, I like that it was just like. Like dudes in the park, and there's a wizard and a keyboard, and yeah, <laughs> every, yeah. It was, just, oh my it was God. so goofy and so just out there. It was it was very fun. I did the Beavis and Butthead comparisons. I thought were pretty apt though. Did a, you guys a, have a joke in there about like uh, drugs are bad? No, I don't. Did I you? don't think we did any drug okay. jokes in this one, but that would have okay. fit perfectly in uh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. No, I I think I think there's been drugs involved with people watching the show. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Um, <laughs> it definitely seems like that would that would be a component of its creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that I'm the kind of person who could reach for some of the places this show seemed or this episode specifically seemed to go just in my normal everyday. Mm-hmm. A cup of coffee and I think I'm just about as weird as many people on drugs. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> when you like adventure time, right? I mean, it's different than yeah. that, but it's kind of the yeah. same length and it kind of has, you know, the same kind of feel to it. I don't know. That's interesting. It's okay. a little more. But that's a bad comparison because it's no. Two very I see what you're saying. Things. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, I, I I can see the comparison. Uh, Adventure Time is a little more fantasy, and this is a little more yes. like uh, it's a little. It's a weird word to use, but it's what came to mind. It's a little grungier. It's a little more yes. um, ground grounded. A little more Beavis and Butthead esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Do, little more like it's a little more yeah like it's a little more metal. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Adventure Time is a little 
little more genre oriented, I guess. It's a little more pop culturally, you know, type stuff. Danae, what did you think of the the video? What are some I of your favorite really parts? I had a really good time. I have many notes. Most of them are uh, ridiculously illegible because I just typed without realizing that I was typing really wrong words. My first one is my first one is just WWE with like a thousand exclamation points. Um, I think it was the wrestling thing. Yeah, at the very I beginning, the seeing, beef burrito. Yeah, I, I really like seeing the wrestling stuff. I think it's because there was a time that I watched wrestling quite a lot. Uh, and then my husband is a huge WWE fan. And so um, I just really enjoyed seeing that. Um, the on and on and on and on and on and on one. Uh, on and on and on again. On and on and on and on and on and on again. But the ham boning one cracked me up because no, ham boning is not something that people talk about a lot. Like it's <laughs> no. not a normal. I've never day. heard. I never heard that term. And now that you're saying this, I didn't look it up. So I wasn't even aware this was a thing. A lot no, of it's an actual thing. It's an actual it's thing. An actual wow. thing where people, you know, use the rhythm of slapping their hands together huh. and against their body in rhythm to create, you know, rhythm mm-hmm. like uh, like a drum beat or something. But you're using your body. People also do spoons. Which is similar, like you know, you oh, use a spoon, okay. but it's just yeah. with your hands, and it's called ham boning. And my uncle does this. <laughs> <laughs> um, my uncle actually did this at a. Uh, there was like a family and friends talent show. Um, my cousin Bianca was getting married, and uh, people were coming in from all over, literally all over the world, to celebrate their marriage. And so uh, they know a lot of very talented people, so they decided to have a, a talent show. And actually, Aaron, you were the MC. Oh yeah, that's of right. That talent that's show. Right. I remember that. And and so uh, there were so many people that were willing to get up on stage and participate and do something like sing or dance or I mean we there were people who are like literally like uh concert pianists and stuff just doing these incredible things and it was this full night of all this stuff and my beloved uncle gets up and ham bones. <laughs> it, was just, it was so fun. Um and everyone's just, you know, super into it and cheering him on and he's up there just with his beat and just it was it was great. I loved it. I guess um, maybe boning isn't like universal but like that's a weird way to call that that's a weird thing to call that because when you say ham boning i'm thinking like that's a weird fetish that involves a ham well uh my sons at one point point played trombones so uh, they were trombones no that's fair no that's fair but like but like you're saying but i don't know you're saying ham boning though i don't know yeah and you're not saying Um, tromboning right yeah exactly i guess i'll say this too uh, the the juba dance or hambone, originally known as Patan juba, uh, Gayuba Heidi is juba, is an African American style of dance that involves stomping as well as slapping and patting the arms, legs, chest, and cheeks. Well, so, it, it sounds that, that was really funny, and I was glad that that's where we took a scent off. The, yeah, the, I just I wasn't expecting it, and I really. I just suddenly was flooded with memories of my uncle, you know, doing this, which would make sense because he actually travels yeah. to Africa a lot. So I wonder if that's just something that, you know, like he's actually been around just handbone circles. I don't know. It's still have to ask him. It still is uh, part of black culture, too, with stomp, with stomp competitions and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Uh, it's that's yeah. true. It's I really love watching. There was a show on um, I don't even remember what what who had it but it was like this whole dance thing where they do these stomp like the stomp competitions mm-hmm. um like a whole just this beautiful tribe of women that are just out there just making these amazing stomping and like 
and I'll just they're slapping their body and I'll just go out on a it. limb, stomp the yard. Underrated movie. I truly mean that. I think it's actually pretty good. What's so I've never show? seen it, but I have seen um, "You've Got Served" or whatever that one was yeah. called. Yeah. That's not the same thing, but for some reason, that's what popped in my head, and that's an underrated movie because you know you get served. It's nice. <laughs> Anyhow, served. <laughs> um, very nice. I I loved that. Um, and then there was a couple more on the outtakes. I remember choking on the I'm a cat outtake. <laughs> that's a, that is a, I don't, Aaron, was that you? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. So that's, did you, did you learn about that song from Iris? Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is. Where did that originate though? Because I've heard a variation on that that was more, uh, more adult. I would not adult, but it had to do with cats flushing toilets, but it was that <laughs> tune. And um, it's like, I'm a cat flushing a toilet or something. It was, it, oh. there was this podcast I used to listen to that, that would play that clip a lot. And then when I heard this, I was like, oh, maybe it originated from this because I'd well, never heard that sure. before. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know the origins, but it's from Perry Grip, uh, who is the creator. And Perry Grip is on YouTube. I haven't really looked into hmm. it. But Iris loves the songs. Um, they mm-hmm. have an album uh, that we've listened to. And they are definitely more like the beat of them is it's, it's, a, it's like very fast paced. But there's like rock. There's the I'm a cat meow check me out and it's just like this fun little thing then there's ones space unicorns soaring through the stars delivering the rainbows all around the world and it's like got these lasers that are shooting in the background it's like a rock song (laughs) i freaking love it (laughs) and she does too so every once in a while we'll just pop on a uh, so hearing that in the outtakes i was like holy crap yeah (laughs) i understand that reference so my introduction to that is through your lovely daughter iris and the fact that she will uh make you play the song and then make you dance along to it you you cannot She will not let you just sit there and listen uh, during the dance breakdowns. You have to dance. Yeah. <laughs> it is very important that you dance. So, yes. Yeah. And then there was also another song on the outtakes, which I also love, which was from uh, Strong... Uh, Homestar no, Runner. Strong Homestar Runner, the Come on, Fahokwagads. Yeah. Which is an old school one that I mm-hmm. loved. So I, I, really I didn't. I did not know what that was, but um, yeah, those are both definitely Aaron. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was very funny because I mean, well, I'm just saying it's definitely you because I didn't. I didn't really do much. I couldn't. I couldn't get outtakes for some reason. I just well, my mind wasn't going there. I did the Night Rider one. Some days are easier than other yeah. others on outtakes. That's for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, Jonathan, what about you? Is some stuff from this video you wanted to bring up? Um, did, did oh yeah, I guess then he did. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, the taking a whiz. Um, <laughs> that just that whole sequence was just so weird. Like I I rewatched that bit like 40 times and couldn't really get anything out of it. And then Aaron just wrote taking a whiz. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> and, he, and he wrote the thing. Like I couldn't even think of that. And then he wrote the thing about the zippers too. Like all that yeah. was like perfect. It was so funny. Yeah. yeah. I guess why we have two people working on these. And then we already mentioned that does that mean his head is full of Benson seed? Um, Oh, and then the the we have poster, we have no poster. We were talking earlier. I don't know if this will be on the outtakes or this is actually at the beginning of the show. But we were talking earlier about finding Aaron's voice or Aaron finding his voice. And that was one of the first things I read in a script where I was. And Aaron wrote that. But that was one of the first things I read in the script. It's like, yeah, that is totally something Aaron would say and, uh, that Jeremy would not or not in the same way right yeah no I, I think yeah. that's legit and and yeah. uh Danae wrote that the first time uh this is the third instance of we have such we have no such wow. show, show, show how much I pay up. attention because <laughs> I was I was like oh like 
because I think it was like we have tree, we have no tree, or we have oh, that's right, sidewalk, we have no sidewalk, or something and, like and, that. And then in Phineas on... and Ferb, it was uh, we have breakfast cereal, we have no breakfast cereal. Um, it's a beautiful little way just to point out a continuity flaw, and I love it. And yeah. I love that it's kind of one of those TV sins things now, you know. Well, and that's very, but that's also very you. Like, right. that's just something you would say, like a normal conversation, mm-hmm. like, just to, you know. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good an observation. observation you would make. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the taking a whiz thing, and then the zipper thing specifically. The zipper thing that he unzips a zipper when he's wearing a robe. I th- that's obviously a joke the show is making, right? Yeah. And so, like, my initial thought is y- you have to send the fact that it's a zipper on a robe, except that that's the joke the show is making. So when I come up against those things, usually I'm like, well, how do we turn this into um, obvious ignorance and make it obvious that we're, you know that we're being ignorant here. And so that's what, you know, when I, I brought up the mutilated wand incident of 76, you know, 763 or, yeah. you know, whatever. So hey, tell me yeah. more about that. incident. <laughs> well, what happened what was, happened? <laughs> so yeah. So I just, I, I, I like the opportunity when it's like, yes, that's a joke the show is making. So let's make our own joke. You know, let's, let's, you know, make it obvious. We know and, and make our own joke in that moment. So, um, I would also mention the not sure considering you have no ears pops uh, is something that made me laugh. <laughs> um, the, that was a weirdly drawn character. <laughs> uh, the um, uh, Since Rigby just said he couldn't get Skips back from the moon because he couldn't see him, how is he able to send these things that he also can't see to the moon? It's a really great observation. And one of the things you would love about this show, Danae, is uh, there's so much just random singing in it. And Yay! it's like this. So he's just going, bunch of baby ducks, send them to the moon. You know, soda machine that's yeah. broken, send it to the moon. You know, none of these things are around him, but they're all on the moon. Yet somehow, you know, there's this rule that they make up. Oh, so, yeah, I should yeah. bring up to your keyboard knowledge, um, which was really funny because I think did Barrett shattered this, right? Because I yeah. remember he was like asking questions and you were like, no, this is true. Like, this is, you know, you were... <laughs> Like two musicians like going at it, you know, about that, the realism of the keyboard. That <laughs> zoom in is ridiculous. Like there was no effort put into that zoom in of the keyboard. There, I mentioned it. We mentioned in the sin that there's two black keys, you know, amongst mm-hmm. seven white keys, which itself is ridiculous. But the two black keys aren't even next to each other. It goes like white yeah. key, white key, black key, white key, white key, black. Like, and then was, there's that one random like giant key that looks like it's about four <laughs> yeah, keys in yeah. one. Yeah. No, they they could really weren't too concerned about what the keyboard looked like <laughs> uh, also want to mention the apostrophe uh fun of 80s metal and just kind of channeling barrett oh for that sin uh was a lot yeah. of fun was that barrett's sin no 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 it was it was one i wrote but i channeled barrett oh. for it um oh, okay <laughs> yeah that that one actually made me want to quit my job you know when you read when you read one of them and you're like i'll never be that good it <laughs> <laughs> was one of an observation no, but it's how it was all like the whole thing was coming down just yeah. in this great, perfect way. Uh, I literally stopped the video. I put my head down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I had to I had to take a moment. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then a shout out to the fact that one of the characters is named Skips. And so mm-hmm. uh, when they're shown, uh, the narrator just goes skips and it, it moves and on. you actually added that after the first edit, right? One of the very rare added in post yeah. sins. Uh, yeah. It was just like, well, I can't we believe we didn't do this. On, we had to do a pickup anyways, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And so you, you emailed me or something and said, hey, would you be cool with me doing this? I'm like, 
Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so we. No, how dare great. you try to make the script even cooler? That's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you could have done it, and I probably would have forgotten that it wasn't in there in the first place. <laughs> That's right. The amount of times we've emailed each other. I love the sin you wrote, and it's like you wrote this sin. <laughs> oh, that happens to me constantly. Yeah. I was like, yeah. or Danae noted that one where I was like, I just want to, like, I, I'll go ahead and comment on this even though I didn't write it. And then Aaron's like, you totally wrote this. <laughs> That's and then the you beauty were like, of collaboration. Did I, though? <laughs> and then he reminded me of a better sin that, that I wrote that he left out. And I was like, damn it. You left out all the good stuff. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'll talk about that one. That's coming up, I think, next week, maybe. Speaking of the good stuff, let's talk about Chris Brown, shall we? Uh, moving God, on no. to music video sins. It, and we talked about Rihanna last week, and I, I know Barry didn't plan this, but it was just it was just one of those crazy like yeah. happenstances. But I just thought about that. I'm like, how we talked about the lovely, lovely Rihanna last week. <laughs> now we got to go talk about Chris Brown. Songs go crazy. But do we though? Do no, we, do no, we, we don't. Oh. We don't have to that much. Yeah, and you know, I mean, whatever. I, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't. I, to be fair, I've never been a, a fan of his music, anyways. I've never quite understood why he's so popular. And, th- and this song didn't do didn't do anything to change that opinion. I think it's awful. I think it's an awful song yeah. in every way I can think it of is. a song being awful. <laughs> I just like, I hate this song. It's it's just noise. I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like the old man, you know, going, "That's just noise." Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. it's just noise ab- about wanting sex. That's all. That's all mm-hmm. it is. And you know, yeah. And unimaginatively, right. As Barrett points out many times in the video, um, this song could basically be summed up as you know, uh, "Let's bang." That's basically this song is you know, and that would probably be uh, a little more. That's the verses, the chorus, the bridge. It's yeah. Just that phrase, you know, over and <laughs> over, over and over again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, there any other thoughts thoughts about the song itself? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great video, like it's a great MBS video. Yeah, that's right. So let's talk about that. Uh, I'll start us off this time. Uh, supported by neck tattoos, uh, made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, I I can send you to Ames, Iowa. Do I have your attention yet? Was one of my favorite things, probably my favorite thing in this in this video, because the the line in the song is just like you know. I can put you on a plane or something. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby, I can send you to Ames, Iowa in a matter of seconds. Do I have your attention yet? <laughs> it's like, what kind of come online is I can put you on a plane? Uh, so, yeah, I love that one. Uh, and then uh, Accidental uh, Camera uh, I have written down mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, good stuff. What about you I guys? How we, I liked how we think he turned uh, he turned something into thanking Chris Brown for shouting out to Music Video Sends. Right. Uh, <laughs> how they we've been on the air for however long and have had no con have had very little to no controversy yeah um uh, my favorite was though this is less of a swimsuit and more like three bungee cords and ratchet strap i picked up at the home depot on the way to the party which that also kind of felt like uh like a old man <laughs> get out of my yard <laughs> said, but it was so funny yeah, it's it's observational enough that it's not yeah. it's not just about you know no no the, the amount of material it's actually about the makeup of the swimsuit which I appreciated <laughs> yeah. you know it's like, like what like who designed this you yeah know, yeah Lowe's swimsuits by Lowe's <laughs> and I did I do think that as a society we should have moved past the red solo cup so I appreciated uh, I appreciated that observation nice I liked the comments that were like how dare you red solo cup is I like is iconic and. Yeah, that was just—it's just funny. I mean, it's all in good fun and good yeah. humor. I mean, as somebody who uh, lives in what used to be the home of the Red Solo Cup, uh, let me just say uh, it is—it is, you know, it is certainly a part of our history. Did, did you know that today? What I don't know what you're talking about. The, have you seen the Solo Cup 
factory? It's got like a big cup for the front doors. No. Okay. Fair why enough. Would I, but why would I know about that? It's it's here. It's in Springfield. What are you talking about? There's a factory. Oh, on Glenstone. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that, that's a newer one because that's not always been there, right? I don't know. I just know it was closed down, so I didn't know. Maybe 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 it was open. Yeah, no, you're right because I I think I grew up. I don't. I'd have to look that up. Anyhow, I thought Danae grew up in the home of the Red Solo Cup. Maybe I was wrong. So I don't know. Well, you know, I I super pay attention to Red Solo Cups, obviously. <laughs> of course, they have to. <laughs> listen. If there's anything we know from this this video, it's the, the history of the Red Solo Cup is very important right. to our culture. So. Super, super important. I've grown up in the home of the Goo Goo Cluster. Well, nice. So, yeah. See? I think the, the main observation that I, I had for this video, the sins you guys mentioned, is it's like there's it's just incredible to me that Barrett can watch this stuff and pull this stuff out. Like he'll make an observation or he'll make a, a perspective or a joke or a sin, like a valid sin or something. And all I am is just distracted by the nonsense and how much I don't like it, which isn't a surprise because I struggle with that. So... Um, but yeah, I was really impressed by how he put this one together because this mm -hmm. one was one where I was just like, no, I was no, rolling my eyes a, like an old lady. He did a great job too. And I mean, he obviously does not like Chris Brown. We've had many, com we've had conversations about when we've done videos in the past of his and, uh, but he's able to, you know, he's able to make it work in his favor, you know, mm -hmm. the, the whole, and, and it's, it's pretty impressive. It is uh, impressive. It's not just like us shouting and saying like, you suck. Um, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Your mom. Speaking of your mom. Uh, all the your mom jokes in the regular show comments oh my God. are so great. Uh, I guess as a as a non regular show fan, I'm guessing your mom jokes become a part of that show somehow because yes. there were so many in the comments. Yeah, so guy, many. That guy, I did read that one early on where it was like, "Wait for it," <laughs> it like, and then you had to scroll down. It was your mom. Yeah, and there was like several of them, and I I don't know why I laughed. At, I didn't understand the reference, but I was laughing because it was clear that the commenters and the audience was having a really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my and I wife love, and I, I might love this show because we do your mom back and forth to each other constantly. Like that's a that's definitely part of our like lexicon is your mom jokes. My boys, uh, f for you know their entire adolescence, have had this thing that happens where they they'll do a your mom joke, and then the other one will be like, uh huh. She's your mom too, and that's just oh, like, like we love doing them to Mackenzie, like our daughter. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like that's like one of my favorite things as a dad. As yeah. sad as that may sound, but no, that <laughs> when I realized I could do that, and like she'd be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and I can't stop. I did that just yesterday to her, and she gave me the weirdest look. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's like right there. She's not doing that. Uh, let's move on to Cinema Sins. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Cinema Sins this week are two movies I am unfamiliar with. We'll start with Jonah Hex. Uh, this was a, a Scott Watkins script. Uh, so Jeremy and uh, Jonathan wrote on this mm -hmm. one. I've never watched this movie. I know it's a comic book property, right? It's a DC property. Jonah yeah, Hex yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It's based I'm on a comic book series. Yeah, he's part of the DC universe. Just completely unfamiliar else. with it. Uh, Danae, are you at all familiar with it? Have watched this at all? Mm -mm. Okay. No. So, Jonathan, you're going to kind of have to carry our thoughts on <laughs> the movie Jonah this Hex. Was, this was the first time I watched it. Um, I, I I don't know what I was doing like in 2010, but I haven't seen very many movies from that year. First, I've seen like all the big ones, but like I I don't really I haven't seen anything like lower than that. And like this movie got terrible reviews when it came out, and um, this was like kind of in a weird spot too because 
like Iron Man had just come out a couple years before this, and so had Dark, and so had Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. So this just felt like such a leftover kind of vehicle, like something you would have almost seen like in the '90s. Like you know, the cast is like, incredible, though. It is. Oh, it's an amazing cast. It is. I mean, you got John Malkovich as the villain, Josh Brolin, uh, the unfortunately kind of uh, you know, I mean, Megan Fox much better than she gets uh, credit for. Um, and there's a bunch of other people. In Fastbender's too. in Dean it. Morgan pops up. Fastbender's in it. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Fastbender. Yeah, that I was shocked because I wouldn't have even known who he was at the time. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. Well, I mean, the next year was uh, was X Men, so that was probably and Inglorious Bastards was right around then too. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, yeah. It's it's an amazing cast. It's not a good movie though. I don't know that it's as bad as people like give it credit like you know as much as people shit on it i don't know that it's that bad but it's definitely really it's not good like there's nothing good about it other than it's got a nice cast but everybody's wasted or just in the case of like uh, megan fox almost to an insulting degree yeah uh, which we touch on in the video but um yeah it just it feels like a leftover like bad 90s superhero movie and it's weird because it was only 10 years ago i know so it's yeah that's strange yeah um, well, let's talk about the video itself. Danae, why don't you kick us off? What are some of your thoughts on the, the sins in this video? Well, I can channel Jeremy Scott's uh, thoughts. Oh, yeah. You know, you before you do that, um, can you channel uh, Barrett's thoughts on uh, the music video we just talked about? Sure. I know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to apologize to the A-team. Um, we, we continue to uh, forget that you we exist. Uh, <laughs> we continue to ask you to comment so that we can tell people your thoughts and then just forget to share your thoughts. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Actually, that's not fair. Barrett 100% listens to this show. <laughs> yes, he does. He does listen. Uh, Barrett said, go crazy can kiss my balls. It's a forgettable song and sounds like Chris Brown and Young Thug cut it in 30 minutes. Scott Stone then headed out for Denny's for the rest of the night. Then they hired a high school student to do the effects on the video. <laughs> and that's all Barrett said about that. That's all That's all we needed. We probably could have just read Barrett's thoughts and moved on. <laughs> yeah, that's all we legit. Needed. Uh, what did Jeremy have to say about uh, Jonah Hex? Yeah, he agrees. Says Jonah Hex is pretty bad. I honestly thought if they'd animated the entire thing the way that they did that expositional intro, it could have worked. I also got way bogged down in the hole in this cheek. I got way bogged down in the hole in his cheek and its implications, which I think are many. The mm-hmm. cast is wicked weird. Brolin and Megan Fox, but Jim from Newsroom, Fastbender, Will Arnett, Michael Shannon, Wes Bentley. What the fuck? This movie is just bland Western revenge stuff. His only quote unquote superhero abilities are that he can talk to dead people and crows follow him everywhere, which is the crow, basically. Too mm-hmm. average to be angry about it, but it sucks. There you go. The end. There you go. Uh, so now we'll move into the video itself. Danae, what were some of the, the sins that you uh, that you liked? You know, I actually just wrote down a, a, only a couple things because I wrote Jonah Hex shrug. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Just like as I was watching the the video, for me, this is not a movie that I'm interested in. And so I really kind of started checking out even on the the video itself because I'm I'm combating that thing where I just don't really enjoy Westerns, you know? Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it could be interesting, I guess. But also, I didn't really understand what was happening at all. Um, So I just sort of like started to glaze a little Mm -hmm. bit. Sure. Donut style. But I really enjoyed the Gatlin horse gun joke yeah like with it with like the big machine mm-hmm. guns although i was laughing at the delivery of that moment and then also feeling terrible for the horse like i understand it wasn't really happening but like 
to attach massive guns like that onto a horse just seems like the horse would not be okay with that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of noise. So anyways, that, I, I thought about that one for a while. Um, the guy in the coffin sin was great because it's like, so this guy is just hanging out, you know, in the sun and then he pops out and then I'd like to know his backstory and then he gets <laughs> shot and oh well. Yeah, that, that just kind of, that is just one of those days. Like I actually wrote that sin before he got shot. <laughs> And then when he, because I just thought the whole, it was just such a crazy setup. And then he got shot and I was like, oh, that's even better. And like, yeah. so, I, so I added that, oh, I well. added that bit to it. Because I know, well, and I know Jeremy last... likes doing, like he likes doing sins like that. So nice. yeah. uh, I figured he it was would clever. Um, nice. I also wrote down the uh, makeup CG'd face. Yeah, that was weird. Jeremy noticed that. I didn't even notice that until he said it. And then I couldn't see anything else. It was well written because yeah. it's something that's like, this is a beautiful woman. Why would she need to not like not even just have a filter, but like have a CG glowy face? So Every, I thought that was really interesting. Everything about her in this movie is borderline gross um, and not not in her. Not, I mean, she's beautiful. I'm not talking about she's gross. I'm talking about just the way they wrote her, the mm. way they dress her. I mean, even like even though I get she's a she's a prostitute. In, in the old west i mean but it was just like like the way they shot her though it was very male gaze yeah um it's there's always cleavage and there's all you know it's just and just the 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 angles and stuff they use yeah. on her and then but she's I, basically just there although she does get to kind of be a badass towards the end but she's still basically the only reason she's there is so they have someone to kidnap gotcha um and damsel and, in and, distress and threaten yeah and threaten him later and she doesn't get anything interesting to do before that. So it's just the whole thing is just kind of like, ugh. She's a prop. She's was, very much a prop in I, that movie. I was going to say, I, I'll take a shot, Danae, at why Westerns don't um, jive with you. And hmm. uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, in many ways, they partially, if not completely, celebrate the masculinity of an era where that masculinity was was had to do with um, revenge, Killings, violence, uh, womanizing, you know, uh, the kind of things that have become toxic masculinity are kind of Mm -hmm. the the front face of a lot of Westerns. And so they don't often deal with necessarily the negative sides of that. They just portray an era where Mm -hmm. that is kind of, um, if not honored, at least in a way... uh, uh, valorized like it's put in a it's put in a pedestal kind of environment where those heroes of the old west uh kind of thing so if, there, if there's yeah. a genre that i feel is almost 100 percent male fandom it's westerns because i know a lot i know more women than men that like horror movies mm-hmm. honestly i know a ton of women that love action movies i know women that love war movies you know i mean but like westerns it's it's very rare that like i've talked to like that's something that gets brought up well, it's an interesting. Um, I know time. a bunch of women are going to comment on this, though. Oh, sure, like, sure, like sure. And, 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 and we're not saying you know we're making generalizations that obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah, aren't yeah. true across the board. If, there, if the, there is a genre that is closer to that, I would. I, I can't think of anything more than westerns. Yeah, um, I've I, honestly just in the last ten years have kind of gotten into them. Um, I didn't watch them for the longest time, other than like the 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 common ones, like Clint Eastwood and stuff. Yeah, I think there's um, something like the history of. The West mm-hmm. isn't it, that's interesting. You know, the idea that you travel West and the the frontiersmanship sort of, survive, of it. Yeah, you claim land. You you know you 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 make a sheriff. You kind of make your own rules. I think that's like the the 
potential draw for creating a story out of the Wild West is that it literally was a time where you kind of made up your own ways. Mm -hmm. And that's just not something that really happens anymore. (laughs) And so there is something in there that I think I can like be interested in. And but you're probably right. Um, That's probably in there. And and as a part of it, too, is that the stories that kind of seem to be the ones that are told or like the stories that are what's the word I want to use amplified, blown out of proportion are like the damsels in distress and you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. westworld was interesting it reminds me of westworld which was you know western and i was i was immediately like Ugh, you know great you know another western yeah that, of that's course it, more science fiction though right but then as yeah. the pilot or as mm-hmm. what, what i was watching turned into something that was more science fiction and robots mm-hmm. and i was like all right that's different but it still had that element of people going to this time frame to just do whatever they wanted because yeah. it was the Wild West. And that's so. what and that's what I'm talking about. Westworld in many ways shines the light on mm-hmm. what I'm talking about with Westerns, that there that there's some sort of desire for that rugged individualism of do what you want, you know, no rules, no consequences. No consequences. And yeah. I think Westworld actually deals with that in some ways. So yeah. Absolutely. No, I think it's a good no, observation. It, no, it absolutely does. You're right. Um, but but I didn't understand like to to this particular show, Jonah it's like that this is a superhero style i love superhero style stories and so i think i would be more inclined to read about it rather than watch it yeah because you know it just looked to me it was a lot of violence and stuff so i just kind of ended up just watching it and then being like okay we'll talk about it on the show and that's all i'll probably spend on it i feel like i read the comic like maybe a few issues like back kind of when i was younger reading comics but i don't i don't remember much about it i mean it's it is a comic book and i guess he is technically a superhero and i think there are even like there's comics with like him and batman side by side and stuff like that but it's definitely a little more uh horror adjacent even okay. and, and western adjacent uh, because there's a lot of supernatural stuff involved and, yeah and and stuff they didn't even get into in the movie i mean the mo- the movie for the most part is i mean not realistic but um it doesn't it, it shows that there are supernatural things at work obviously he has a power where he can resurrect people but but it kind of it kind of stays away from that a little bit also so yeah. i don't know it's a mess uh some of the stuff that i liked uh well that's certainly murder uh made me laugh yeah uh <laughs> the uh falling on dead ears uh pun was was oh, very, was very funny uh, the Peanuts teacher voice, actually integrating it into the Sins video, <laughs> was a lot of fun. I'm glad that worked. Um, and then, how dare you? Honestly, how dare you? The uh, makes more sense than lost uh, sin. How dare you? How dare you all? That, that was Jeremy. So we can talk to him about it. But I thought that was a very good sin. It is. You're getting trolled, sir. It is a good sin. <laughs> Uh, and then I loved uh, after they said America needs a sheriff. I think it was the last in the the video, and it was like, "Nah, we've got John Oliver." Uh, yeah, I, I really yeah, appreciate it. That was it. one. Jeremy wrote like five different people down, and I don't even remember who all the other ones were. One of them might have even been Trump. <laughs> uh, I think one of them was because I because it was like it was different extremes, you know? Right. Yeah. And um and I think I think John I believe John Oliver was the one I ended up voting for because I just thought that was especially lately that that seems more relevant it does it does i liked um, it i liked it a bit. i don't know if it's going to date well but yeah <laughs> right knows? now who knows? right now it really it really works what else do you want to mention jonathan um you guys mentioned about everything and i talked about megan fox i will say this was some of the most fun i've had with outtakes 
And um, the so Chris and I did, um, you know, Angel has Fallen, which we talked about on this show just a few weeks ago. And there's that ridiculous scene in Angel has Fallen where that guy gets shot and then the guy just randomly yells, you got Will. So or they got Will. So when I heard John Malkovich say fire at Will, I was so happy because I'm like, oh, my God, we can use this. Yeah, it's perfect. It, it, anytime somebody <laughs> says fire at Will in a movie, it needs to, I have it needs a to happen. That might be an occur- recurring. Yeah, no, it needs <laughs> to happen. Outtake. That's great. But all, all the outtakes were awesome. Uh, Jeremy wrote the one in where it's the, the Emmett Brown uh-huh. uh, tombstone. And I mean, I don't know. I, for some reason, like this was one I was talking about regular show. I couldn't think of any. This was one. I think Jeremy and I both wrote like 15 outtakes. <laughs> I mean, nice. there were just so many. And, you know, we want we whittled it down to what we had. So that's great. But no, this was a really fun one to work on. Um, I'm real. I'm really I'm, I'm proud of this. Yeah, no, it's fun stuff. Uh, moving on to one of the best movies I've ever seen. Uh, uh, just go with it. Uh, Shut your mouth. <laughs> now who's trolling? I'm so glad I've never seen this movie. I have never been more glad that I haven't seen a movie watching a CinemaSins video. Yeah, it's awful. I have seen it. Uh, I remember thinking uh, just how awful it was even in the moment. And uh, What year was this? Like 2011? It's way too recent for this to have been a movie that was made. Uh, it, and that would be the case if it was made in 1985. <laughs> like, it's just, like, <laughs> I just can't believe this is... This went through a process where people were like, yeah, yeah this stuff is funny. Uh, so, but uh, but yeah, Sandler's got his fans. Uh, so there are certainly people who do enjoy this movie, and we're yeah. not trying to judge you. We're just saying the movie you love is horrible. That's all we're saying. I'm not, I'm not judging, but I just I, I I don't get it. Like, and and to be fair, I quit watching Sandler comedies. Like, I quit watching Happy Madison comedies pretty much like late '90s. Like, I think Little Nicky was really the last one I saw in the theater, and that's that's a terrible movie. Which yeah. is kind of funny that it gets brought up in this one. And then since then, I've mostly just watched if i've watched it it's when he's worked with other directors that are hiring him it's not like happy madison stuff it's yeah like funny people or uncut gems or punch drunk, punch love. drunk love i've yeah. kind of avoided the grown-ups and the anger managements and the 50 first dates and all those although i've heard 50 first dates is good but it's not bad know. it's not this but that's um, for sure. but there's just something about his leading man in these kind of movies that is just i just don't find it funny and yeah and and he, he like you guys joked about him always wanting to take his friends to Hawaii and stuff and but like his performances feel so lackadaisical like he's just he doesn't care like it's sure. just oh I guess I got to film this movie while I'm on vacation so let's sure. get this over with and I've said and it, I've, I've said I'm it not before care. I'll I'll say it again uh more power to him you know what I mean no, like absolutely. you know the the if you care. can if you can find an, an easy way to create resource, you know, for mm-hmm. your family and, and take a trip to Hawaii and make a movie and that mo- movie makes you money, you know, more power to you. Now, I, I would rather it not be like this where it's blatantly yeah. offensive at times. Um, yeah. But, you know, but as far as like the system, man, you know, congratulations. You, fi- you figured it out. You know, so and we go from talking about how poorly Megan Fox is used. And now I can now we can talk about how poorly Brooklyn Decker is used. Yeah, yeah. Um, Danae, you haven't said a thing. I know you're movie. steaming, uh, having watched this, but uh, this, do you have some thoughts? No, on- I mean, I watched it and send it, and I'm I'm it was one of those where when I was assigned it, I was like, oh, what's this? And then I started watching, and I was like, do they hate me? <laughs> is it one of the worst movies ever made? Because it looks like one of the worst movies ever made. I mean, I was. <laughs> 
I was enraged very, very often. <laughs> here's here's what I wrote down as I was sinning. I wrote down, the objectification of women in this movie is horrible, and the portrayal of men is honestly embarrassing. This is not how all men act when they see a woman, and I hate that this movie is putting this sort of behavior center screen to laugh at rather than be disgusted by. Yeah. Yeah. And that pretty much sums up most of what I don't like about this movie. I mean, there's lots of things that happen in the film that like are also annoying, but that was like... I don't know. In general, that's the center of what was frustrating for me. But then it's it doesn't it's one of those movies where none of it makes any sense. Everything is could be explained a different way. It's all based on lies and silliness that leads to an adventure. But it and, and Barrett does a great job of pointing stuff out throughout the the um, script where it's like, yeah, yeah, but you could have explained away the children this way or you could have done this this way. And I it would have all been of that completely different. Yeah. And he does a really good job. Um and then just keeping in mind as you're watching this that uh, Danny or Adam Adam Sandler's character is convinced that he's going to marry this woman because they've had this one night of connection that they randomly met at a party uh, where I guess maybe he didn't have to lie to her before they fucked. And so that means that they're like really good for each other. So he's convinced he's going to marry this woman. Mm-hmm. He convinces his assistant to lie about it. And the whole thing is based on if they do get married, that means that Jennifer Aniston's character is just throw away, just toss her away because she can't be the assistant anymore. And he jokes around about giving her plastic surgery. But like his end game here is to either have married a hot chick um, that he just met or throw away his assistant to carry on the ruse. Like if you really think about it. Right. So and then just quite suddenly it goes from this. Ha ha shenanigans, everybody's lying, keeping up all these lies to here's your happy ending where Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler are together and the children are happy. And, oh, the character that you've been lying to the entire time, she just magically finds somebody on a plane. So she's good to go to. Oh, and the very ring that you've been wearing the entire time to lie to women since the 80s just to fuck them is now a symbol of your love and relationship and foreverness have fun i hope you laughed great yeah, show no, nothing nothing was thought through it, looked it was like oh, it was really you could you could i mean you can't have movies with with terrible people that become better you know i mean you can do that there is a movie here uh it just looked to me and i haven't seen it so i can't comment but it looked to me like it was lazy for one and it was just trying to present like sight gag after sight gag and just hope that you laughed at it. Um, the, and, I mean, and the, I, can, I guess the idea, listen. if the idea is that while on this trip, while they're lying, everyone's lying. The children are being encouraged to lie. The assistant is lying. Adam is lying. And then there's this one woman who thinks that mm-hmm. she's about to marry someone that she's really connected to. And they completely ignore the fact that they've all been being horrible people to this person. Yeah, you know? no, it's it, um, they, they didn't. Think I guess the through. story could be that Adam and Jennifer realize that they have worked together for a long time and that they have feelings for each other. Um, but I just find it hard to believe that Jennifer Aniston's character would overlook that her boss has been lying to women to get them into bed the whole everything before this movie started the whole premise and setup of this entire movie it just it's just hard for me to believe that'd be like oh you know what i'm genuinely attracted to you and i'm gonna have a good relationship with you it's like it's all from money mm-hmm. it's all because he's rich or something it's just yeah it's a weird I, one it's i will a weird say one. though the um the one sin i did uh i did want to uh, talk about though you already mentioned it was the goddamn it you just fucking met sin um, that was mine <sighs> yeah um for a um that's brooklyn decker and if <laughs> 
if, if Brooklyn Decker was interested in me, I can't, I can't imagine I'd be like, I mean, I would at least be like, oh yeah, maybe I could but, spend the rest of my life with this. But the crazy thing is, is that the premise person. is that he's already been kidding. around a whole bunch of really sexy I women. I know, I'm just kidding. Well, they also, all, it's funny they all too, he ends like up with that. Jennifer Aniston. So basically you could say it's, should he marry this hot woman or this hot woman? <laughs> There was there was a sin that I wrote that was cut and it's when they're at this party and you know Brooklyn Decker walks up and he's like you must be the blonde that the little kid was distracted mm-hmm. by or whatever. Um and I'm like everybody at this party is somebody that could be distracting because of how they look except for Kevin Deal. But yeah. And so yeah. and so it's just it's like I don't I don't know. It's and like a pyramid. So many- it's a pyramid of hotness. And at the top of the hotness, you've got blonde hair, blue eyes, tits, and white skin. And that just, like, everything everything about this movie is trash. I fucking hate it. Um, <laughs> it looks awful. There like, you go. I can't even imagine. Like I said, Barrett- I've never been more happy about not watching a movie. Than- Barrett didn't like it either. What do you have to say? So uh, he said it was based on an old movie with Walter. Is it Matthew? Matthew. Matthew. Goldie Hawn and. Uh, called it, cactus flower oh my god this is based on cact now i've seen cactus flower that's that's actually a good movie he said obviously he doesn't that. hold a candle to that shit uh there yeah. are shitty lazy jokes racist jokes which also true and of course misogynistic jokes sandler weirdly plays the role of a plastic surgeon um which makes the times where he's not trying all the more grating oh he plays the role of a plastic surgeon well which makes the times where he's not trying, which is the rest of the movie, all the more grating. There's no reason for Jen to fall in love with him. There's even less reason for Brooklyn Deckler to fall in love with him. And there's no reason for poor Nicole Kidman to be messed up in this business. On the plus side, David Matthews yeah, why, doesn't sing Crash in this why movie. Why is she in this movie? What What is her deal? Maybe she wanted to go to Hawaii. No, no, I'm saying like her character, like actually in the movie, like why is oh. she in, like wh- who is she, I guess. I mean, it's just stupid stuff. So she's brought into the movie because she's part of, she is a convenience moment where there's lies that are created. Jennifer Mm -hmm. Aniston, I think her name is Catherine maybe in the movie. She is portraying um, Denny's wife Mm -hmm. so that he can say he's getting divorced so he can go out with Brooklyn Decker's character, right? So she makes up her name um, as being, oh God, I'm going to forget what it is. Devlin. Yeah. So Jen says her real name is Devlin, which is the character she then begins to play based on someone that she went to school with who was her oh, rival, the real Devlin. And that person so of course, that. when they go to Hawaii, the real Devlin is there. And so to get back, quote unquote, get back at, at the real Devlin and to prove that she's made something of herself, she makes Adam go to dinner with her one oh, night to wow. prove that she's, you know, married a plastic surgeon and is doing well in the world. Um, <laughs> so... Wow. Yeah. Nice. Totally wow. Yeah. So it almost it almost it's almost a way to make Jennifer Aniston guilty as well. Oh yeah, she's super part of this. Yeah. And then the guy and that's Dave there Matthews with the glasses. Is her husband, I guess, Nicole Kidman's husband. Yes. Who's who <laughs> yes, that's that's he's there. God. Um Devlin, the fake Jennifer Aniston character Devlin, is Mary is is already seeing someone too, whose name is Dolph. Mm-hmm. Who is the one of their friend, uh, one of Adam's friends, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ends up going on the vacation too, and he's lying the whole time and saying that he is a sheep seller. So, of course, another shenanigan that happens in the movie is that while they're having dinner, someone says, "My sheep needs help," and so there's this whole quote-unquote comedic <laughs> moment where he it, has to go and revive the sheep. A lot. 
Yeah. So yeah, I don't. Like I don't ever want to watch this movie again. I I don't it's think bad. there's anything in it uh, for me. Um, what did you think of the the sins, Jonathan? What were some of your favorite parts oh, of the video? I absolutely love the video. Um, incestuous insu instant. Oh God, I can't even say it. Like I remember listening to that. Yeah, I was like, how did he even get that out? Uh, <laughs> I never would have been able to say that. Um, I'll just point out that this kid could be describing a kangaroo. Oh, that was really funny. So great. I I laughed so <laughs> hard at that because uh, it was like tall blonde and has nipples Muscular or something like that yeah yeah or toned or something yeah i i paused at that moment i was like what could also be described at that and kangaroo I just sat there. is so perfect and it was kind of like i was almost like praying for inspiration and all of a sudden like kangaroo fell into my <laughs> mind i was like that's it Kangaroo. Um, I love that you guys pointed out she's got glasses and a ponytail because that's always something I'll mention because I just I, that's always hilarious. It's like that she's all that thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it's even and it's even in the there's a parody of she's all that. Um, not another teen movie, I think is what it's called. And that's a that's a thing like Chris Evans is like they're trying to get Chris Evans to ask this. They're, the, the bet's going to be that he has to get this girl to go out with him. And he's like, but she's got glasses and a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Um, got to teach payment inequality to the young, I guess. Yeah. That was hilarious. So great. That's so funny though. Like when you guys started pointing all of that out, that the kid, the boy was going to get more than the girl and she was perfectly fine with it. I had to um, do some research on that one. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I loved, Hey, forget about Danny. Isn't Margot supposed to be at the wedding too? That was funny. Um, and then to be fair, another one I did want to point out though, I do when I, I don't wear watches often, but I do switch wrists. <laughs> um, that is not as uncommon as you think i loved that sin in fact i did uh, too no it was hilarious i am uh I, i'm assuming it's a danae sin because she she those yeah. consistency <laughs> things are, are things that you point out and i am dubbing a new category of sin uh okay. these are baker street sins and the reason baker i call street. them baker street sins is because there's a sherlock holmes element to them where it's like you study the clues throughout something and put together a conclusion and uh, so there's uh-huh. a very sherlock holmesian aspect to like the button sin that you've written this one with the wristwatch where it's like yeah i'm gonna start calling those baker street sins so okay so yeah you know what i'm gonna be impressed by is if you actually remember what you title them <laughs> i don't remember what he's titled anything every now and then he'll be like starfish wait what i what is <laughs> he'll, just, he'll just randomly say like tarantula <laughs> pineapple yeah <laughs> um yeah and then you meant did you just mention the buttons though the button stuff was funny too just because that just reminded me of family guy and everything else but yeah do you think adam sandler just gets too tired to finish halfway through buttoning up his shirts <laughs> and he actually probably does that guy is like the worst dresser on the, well i mean that's, he's very casual let's just he's not bad he's not a bad dresser that's he is, gotta he is be a barrett super sin, casual right because because he he wrote with me on extraction and had the sin about why even button any buttons at all yeah. like he is he is so focused on how many buttons you're buttoning <laughs> on your shirt like i'm gonna be so aware uh next time i'm with barrett of like do i have all my buttons well, it's like barrett and danae apparently it's like so putting them together it's just like button madness <laughs> like they're just gonna they're not missing yeah. anything we can't we we can't be on a script together if there's a button issue we'll just but no go. but switch the switching the wrist thing is something my wife it like it'll drive her crazy at times like when That's i've so worn watches in the past she's like why why are you doing that <laughs> like the imprints on the other wrist. 
<laughs> it's for tan lines, babe. It's for tan lines. Yeah. I, I, but I, I, I haven't worn a watch in like 10 years. So that's been a while. But uh, but I did I did used to do that. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Subtlety. That's going to be one of my favorite uh, new sins. I, I really enjoy that one. Uh, you, you mentioned the kangaroo. Uh, murder and or sex speech. Uh, made me laugh the way that was phrased. <laughs> um, the uh, World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft uh, <laughs> sin with the whatever creature, the Draenei. The Draenei. I was like, yes, obvious. Danae sin is obvious. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I was so shocked that that one made it to final. But the reason it did is because the visual is so. Perfect. perfect. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It really looks like yeah. that. As soon as I saw her in those jeans, I was like, oh, she looks like a Draenei. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can make a sin about that. Um, and I, yeah, I'm I'm so excited that it's in there. <laughs> uh, there was actually somebody who was like, hey, I want to hear more about the friend who has lost half of his life to World of Warcraft. Does he still play? How old was he when he first started? <laughs> and I actually replied to that comment and said, uh, legend has it he's still in his mom's basement to this day. <laughs> nice. Um, the uh, testicle euphemisms sin, where it was just a list of different testicle euphemisms. Uh, I have to apologize. Uh, yes, I actually did think it was funny uh, by the time you got to the end of that, because I think it ends with like, is it funny now? I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I enjoyed Was that. one of them Sugar Smacks? Yes, Sugar Smacks. Yes. I think the one that stood out to me was the uh, Rain and Vein Makers. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Just, come on. What's uh, funny about that one is behind the scenes, We I remember the day that Barrett went into one of the Slack channels and was like, well, I just looked up a whole bunch of different euphemisms for, you know, the balls. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was my day. And it's like, yep, just a normal day for cinema. I think my right? response was, "Hey, that's my—that's what I do. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's my thing. You're taking my thing." Um, so yeah, I love that. Uh, at least he doesn't threaten to kill them, and then he does. Uh, was funny, <laughs> and a dash of that ism spice uh, made me laugh too. The way that was that was worded. So uh, lots of great stuff in this video. I had a great time. Danae, what about you? Um, you guys mentioned many of the ones that I enjoyed reading or writing on. I really liked when um, Barrett points out that it's it's when there's a battle between uh, Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Aniston, and he's like, hey, remember when De Brooklyn Decker used to be in this movie? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was genuinely hilarious. Um, the 40 cookies thing pissed me off. I just want to make sure I mention that. Mm -hmm, sure. Like, when they're like 40 cookies, four cookies would have been fine, but 40 cookies? There's way, way too many cookies in there, uh, and I liked how that one was mm -hmm. was performed. But um, I really would like to point out the bonus round. Of course. Of how much Adam Sandler could not keep his eyes off of the women's Boobs. breasts. Um, it was distracting. I didn't know if it was going to be able to be a bonus round because it, it happens a lot, but not like, is it enough for a bonus round? So funny. I like that we just send every second because there was genuinely after he and Jennifer Aniston have their connection where they like realize that they like each other mm -hmm. um, and they go and then he's walking her back to the room. He looks at her chest for more more of that scene than less of that scene like most yeah. of that scene he's just constantly staring downward and so i'm glad that that well and it's like you pointed a light on it and it like 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 the scene where brooklyn decker drops her towel obviously he's supposed to be looking at her then. sure but but like yeah no those there was like two scenes there was one with him and decker 
where they're just talking, and then one with mm-hmm. him and Aniston, and maybe even one with him and Nicole Kidman. There but I know several... there's one with the two of them, and it's the same scene. You get like eight or nine oh my gosh, bonus scenes so out much. of, and it gets to the point where it's like, is this Sandler just... Yeah, well, not being fairness, able not in, to look. In fairness, let let me let me let me let me uh, let me jump to the defense. I oh, can't believe I'm doing this. Of no, of no, I'm Sandler not. I'm not, I'm not in, even in, criticizing him. In fairness, it kind of is part of his character as a cert, like a plastic surgeon. Like yeah. that would be. I'm That's not saying true. this. I'm not saying he's like great acting at this point. I'm just saying yes. that. Oh, so it's method that there is an element of it where uh, yeah. a plastic surgeon would be almost. Um, scientifically interested in breasts and breast <laughs> sizes in like right you know, so and- the, it's a professional curiosity is what i'm saying sure i thought it was hilarious it was very funny yeah it was great yeah very good uh anything else today i did i did want to mention that in the comments that uh adam w points out that we missed an obvious opportunity during the bonus round that each sin should have counted as two <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> That's that was funny. that was my my comment for the comment section, which is no, which is fine. We can use it here because it is he's absolutely right, and it's like those are the kind of comments I see in the comment section where I'm like, you're hired, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like, like brilliant. That would have been so funny. I mean, if he we could had have been focused on one of the boobs. He might have like preferred the right over the left. <laughs> sure, right, exactly. Sure, um, you, you, you never know. I did want to say one more thing. I guess just real quickly, there was an outtake that I did. I was really proud of. Uh, in the movie, there's a the, the the man with all the plastic surgery and he makes that weird like eh, noise when he's supposed to be laughing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Kevin Nealon. Yeah. Uh, so on when I was looking up outtakes, I thought it would be kind of funny to try to blend it in with like uh, another weird sound like that. And I remembered in Dumb and Dumber, it was the most annoying sound. Mm-hmm. ever made yeah. like when they're in the van right and so i asked the editors if they could blend it together and it just it came out perfectly it almost sounds <laughs> like it's the same thing almost yeah so i was really impressed with the editors on that one i will nice. say though aaron said he's not judging people that like movies like this but i and i don't know that i am but i do have so many questions when i watch stuff like this because that kevin Nealon character and the rachel dratch character with the crazy eyebrow i just i just want to know why that's funny <laughs> like i just i just I because, really want to know why that's funny. Physical deformities in people who look different uh, are funny. You know, that's but, some like, people. But no one would look like that. Does that make sense? Like those are those are like insane depictions. Well, I think that's what's supposed to make it fun. What's supposed to okay? So somebody who would somebody who would defend this would say that the exaggeration is the humor. Like because the because it's exaggerated, it's it's not making fun of somebody who has an actual physical deformity. It's it's making light of what if it were this crazy, you know, kind of thing. I think that's like with the breast thing. There was like one massive breast and one tiny breast. Like they just kind of kept making fun of deformities. I forgot about that one because you guys did have a sin about that too. But the the fact that, yeah, what was that? She was in a car wreck or something? She No, she just slammed her tit in a door and it burst. Good God. I wonder if that happens. No, that's that's creepy. Uh, but no, but this is supposed to be broad comedy and I'm not saying it's a very realistic situation. I mean, it's insane, but it is in the sense that like it's real people in a situation and then you have like these caricatures on the outskirts that are not realistic in any way, shape or form. 
Um, I always find that it almost, it kind of juxtaposes the scenario for me to the point where it just kind of makes my brain like mm. want to just, you know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I hear what like you're saying. If you, like if it's Monty Python, I totally get it. Like I, yeah, sure. Monty Python, it's like insane. There's all this crazy shit going on and there's this woman with a weird eyebrow. Like it makes <laughs> sense in that scenario or like straight up parody. But like, this is just supposed to be a romantic comedy, a uh, quote unquote romantic yeah, but it's uh, Adam comedy. Sandler. Yeah, he's always you know done that I mean? kind of thing. But that's yeah. what I think. That's why I don't think I can ever like get on board with what he's doing. Even if I, I, I guess I understand why people find him funny, but I just, I don't know. It just feels like that weird. It feels like a frat boy's like sensibility of how life is. Yeah. Uh, there was a sin that I wrote, and I was glad it made it in. It was the the sin about Californication, which yeah. um, silly me. I thought that was just a song. Didn't realize that was. A David Duchovny TV show? Yeah, a, pretty popular show, show, I guess. I've never seen it. but So I looked it up, and the description of the main character is that he's a womanizer. And I was mm-hmm. like, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's so much of that in this movie. There's so much. It's just, it's it's a gag. Which one's worse? Love Actually or Just Go With It? Oh, Just Go With It. I mean, I haven't seen Just Go With It, so I can't really give an honest review. But, like, I would watch Love Actually again. I don't think I would ever watch this. Yeah, I think I actually agree with you. I think this is worse. I mean, for sure. And I think it's going to go on my list now. I've I've started a list. It's um, (laughs) on a post-it note and it's movies I hate. And this one goes on there. So now I know I hate two movies. I think what a lot of people are going to say, the people that are going to defend this movie are going to be like, come on, guys, just just go with it. I think that's probably true. I think that's probably true. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Uh, All right, let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. 
We're each going to tell one story from putting together the content for the week. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, a deleted sin, uh, maybe some notes from the script, whatever you want to do. Um, let's see. I think I'll go first. Uh, we mentioned the biblical stuff. Uh, so there was a little bit of biblical research. I had to make sure I was getting the names right. And I was I was pleased to know that I was. Uh, but the birthright stuff uh, with the Jacob and Esau and then the Abraham and Isaac on the Mount Moriah stuff, like it was incredible to me how much biblical allegory was in this one episode of Zuko's kind of backstory. Um, so, so yeah, I did that research. And then I also researched pregnancy symptoms uh, for the couple that was uh, – you know, uh, pregnant and, uh, the sin basically ends with one of the symptoms being not being murdered for your food. Uh, that is technically not a pregnancy symptom, but I will just say, boy, don't touch my food boy. When I was... <laughs> there are a lot of pregnancy symptoms and there oh are so many things that, I, uh, pregnant women go through. I can't, I just, I can't, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that like my wife chose to do it, but I just, I, God damn, I don't know how you do it. When I was pregnant, I will tell you, if someone touched my food, murder was an option. <laughs> oh. Fair enough. <laughs> to be fair, my wife does that whether or not she's pregnant. But I've never been hungry so. until no, I was just kidding. I was hungry when I was pregnant, but then whenever I had Iris and I and I my started to actually create milk, like for sustaining life, that was when I real I experienced hunger for the first time. Like true survival hunger. And man, I was I was a hangry woman. You were just like <laughs> grabbing raw pieces of meat out of the fridge, just biting into them. And I literally, just for medical reasons, I needed to stay like in one place just mm -hmm. to recover because my body had gone through incredible trauma. And so I was in a recliner for quite a while um, instead of sleeping in a bed just after I got home from giving birth. And genuinely to my left was a... <laughs> Uh, bookshelf that had several snack options at any time <laughs> <laughs> nice. so that I could just so reach does. over and eat. <laughs> so it sounds like you went through like a bit of a rougher time than maybe like your normal or your average. No, it's just when you have a kid, man. <laughs> no, I know. I know. And I think, I think it's different. I mean, my wife, I mean, my wife literally got sick every night. I, I mean, and I mean, like, I'm not even joking. Like she, there was not a single night from day one or from when we found out till she had her daughter. She got sick literally every night. It was insane. She would like beg our daughter in her stomach. Like I had a really good meal tonight. Can you please let me keep <laughs> let, it? Let me keep it. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was hard. It was hard to watch because she was so sad about it. But uh, she, she says it was all worth. So that's the important mm -hmm. thing. I guess. All I know yeah. is uh, my research uh, many times is fun or funny. And in this case, I was just like, I knew a lot of this stuff, but when you see it all together on the same page, you're just like, yeah. Pregnancy yeah. messes you up. Like it, it really real. affects your body. So uh yeah. mad props uh to women who have gone through that props, for life. Ladies. Hashtag pregnancy's real. Hashtag eggs not. Uh so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Jonathan, what about uh what's your keeping tabs this week? I'm just actually I'm gonna I don't know if this counts for a keeping tabs, but I didn't really have anything like I specifically looked up that was interesting. So I thought I'd go back. We talked about in my Beyond the Sins last week, we talked about I talked about baseball. And there were a couple things that um I found out more information on. Um like one thing I actually we got wrong. Uh the the Blue Jays, we said were gonna be playing in Camden Yards, which I think at the time they were discussing. Yeah. Uh but then like literally like maybe an hour after we recorded, it's like I turned on the TV and it's like Blue Jays are gonna be playing in Buffalo. And then like at, uh, and then like an hour one of their AAA affiliates. And then like an hour after that, it was like uh, there may not be any baseball. <laughs> yeah, 
it's that, crazy. That's a weird thing. Like I, I've, I've discovered though, they're just gonna figure out a way to get through it. Like they're, they, they're just changing things every day. Like today they announced they're probably gonna do like uh, for makeup games, they're gonna do seven inning double headers. That's crazy. And, uh, it, it is, and, and you know, and I was talking to somebody about this because somebody was saying, you know, I don't even know if I want my team to win because it doesn't count. There'll be an ass. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it totally counts. Like everybody's on the exact same playing field, right? Like yeah. everybody. Is which is the problem the, when you really think about it huh <laughs> i said which is the problem yeah. during a pandemic oh, when you really that, think about true. it very very <laughs> very valid point but no but i'm serious but like everybody's i mean everybody's doing the same extra inning rules everybody's gonna have to do all the same thing so it's like it totally counts like are you gonna like when you're talking about the best world series champions maybe this year's isn't in that conversation but if your team wins the world series Hey, they won the World Series, man. Celebrate the fuck out of that, you know? But anyways, but the other thing I was going to point out was that we talked about that they were still doing the announcements, and we both kind of were like, that's dumb. I will say that one of my guys I talked to on Twitter, one of our listeners, um, it's at JetsMets3348. He's uh, He's been listening to us since day one, and he always has these fun threads every week whenever our episode drops, and he makes fun of us and jokes with us and all that kind of stuff. But he said that the reason for the stadium announcements is so when you send up a pinch hitter, he has to be announced so he can't be taken out after the pitcher has been changed in case the other team takes the pitcher out before the ph is announced which doesn't happen very often but it could that might be the reason but i still feel like you could do they that could work around that yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah it's still i, mean, I it's, hate it i watched basketball last night the basketball games were last night the first, I watched one's the first back. one yeah uh i think what they are doing is really smart they're actually handling it in a very smart way yeah, yeah, yeah um and it looks gorgeous but they're doing a bunch of the same like crowd noise stuff and it just yeah. it annoys the snot out of me i'm just like play the game let me hear the sounds of the game and but yeah but i you know what i'm probably in the minority i think i am i'm, I'm probably most people I, probably just I want the comfort know, of like, it like i definitely don't have as strong of an opinion as you do about it um but i think it's kind of silly like yeah. i don't i don't understand um i don't understand why they feel the need to do that um but yeah you know um and i also meant to shout out to just so i can shout out some more about uh at jets mets uh, 3348 if you are a baseball fan and if you are a mets fan um which i'm sorry first off if you're a mets fan but uh if you are a mets fan he is a huge mets fan and he has a he has a pretty awesome podcast called uh it's just called mets cast actually so, uh, you know, he shouts us out a lot. So I thought I'd, I'd give his oh, stuff nice. a shout out as well. Nice. Today, yep. what about you? Um, what about me? I'm sorry. I fell asleep. What? Do you have any keeping tabs? My keeping tabs is about just go with it because I did have to look up the um, what a PlayStation was valued at in the year that the movie was released. Yeah, it was a PlayStation Three, right? That was it was, a, was yeah, but yeah. then I had to also make sure that the mo- the movie was released in 2011, so it would have been the true cost of a PlayStation at that time. So, mm-hmm. which is about 250 bucks, is kind of what I landed. And you know, maybe he would have bought a used one, but he was also a plastic surgeon, so probably not. And then he mentions like four or five games, and they've always cost around 60 bucks, which is sort of how I came to inflate mm. the amount that the the boy was worth which again just a reminder he offered to give him a playstation and several games so where the other girl wanted to have um acting lessons and like six hundred dollars and he talked her down talked her down talked her down but then he offers this for the boy so that was just interesting it's also interesting to note that games 
have always kind of kept their value. Yeah. They've usually always been around sixty bucks. We're getting and a good you know deal they're now. Going up though. Did you know with these with the new Xbox and PlayStation uh, coming out this fall, the games are going to go up to like seventy or seventy five. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, this will be that the first sense. increase in like fifteen or twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So it's just an interesting increase. little like peak down uh, Sony Lane. Um, kind of like then- uh, Adam Sandler was peeking down on Jennifer <laughs> Aniston and uh, and Brooklyn's Deckers. Yes, and exactly. I think PlayStation's about to come out with a new one. Like I think the PS Five's about to come out. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was referring to. Yeah, um, I which, think it's going to be like five hundred bucks, four hundred bucks, something like mm-hmm. that. It's going to be about five hundred dollars. So it's interesting too to see that the you know the cost of the materials and everything. So very good, very good. Um, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to talk about a comment from the week's videos. Mine was already stolen, so I got nothing to talk about um, because I thought that uh, two sins for each glance was just a genius comment. I guess I could also mention there were a lot of comments in the um, Avatar video about the previously on sin mm-hmm. where it was like, don't you understand? It was for kids. It was week to week. It was Nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yes, I do. That's why the sin was the phrase the way it was, where I forgot what I was talking about because my point was I hate them, but they're yeah. needed. That was the whole you point were of the making fun of yourself. I know. It was absolutely. It was, I'm reading that stuff and I'm like, I, did, did you listen to the whole sin? Because that's the that's kind of the point. Anyways, it was kind yeah. of one of those moments. So maybe I can. No, because I remember when I was reading the script and I was starting to read that sin, I was thinking, oh, I need to note something on this because I think, and uh, oh, never mind. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like thinking ahead about what I'm going to write a note on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what about what about you guys, Jonathan? What uh, what do you have in the comment section? Um, the only one I had, I, I this was actually on um, this was actually on regular show, but I just thought this was cool that this person shouted it out. Uh, Kyle Clark said, "I hereby use my first magic to resurrect music from behind." Seriously, that shit was legit, and I we agree. I mean, I agree. You know, I it hasn't been canceled. Is first magic something that started when we started talking about that time that I commented on somebody using their yeah? For, it only their... works the first time. I thought that's what it was referencing. <laughs> that means that person listens to BTS, right? I don't. I don't know. I I assumed uh, yeah, that or they I had seen that comment. I don't know. Right. I guess it's possible that something that eventually happened. That's the thing on the regular show when I was getting confused because I did read, that was the only one I read some comments on that. Cause they were, you know, they were pretty nice and stuff. And, but like you guys were saying that your mom and all that stuff, like I assume this is stuff that happens on the show, but mm-hmm. didn't happen in the pilot. So I was kind of confused and same. Oh, 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 Oh no, 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 no. Um, it doesn't have to be that. It could also be the idea of the first person to comment on oh, something oh, yeah, has yeah. a magical okay. power. Um, right, the first magic. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I think, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. they were a very early commenter, and so that's their first magic. I think that could be it. <laughs> Danae, what's yours? Um, actually, last week, um, there's a woman named Mona Teasley or something, and it was on the Avatar one, and commented, I'm so proud of my profile pic because it was a picture of the duck turtle. Like her profile oh. picture on YouTube oh, is of the duck turtle. Scram and she's crackers, like, yeah. And so scram crackers was relevant. And I forgot to mention <laughs> that one. So I just want to do a shout shout out to last week because now here scram crackers, we actually see where mm-hmm. her avatar came from. Nice. Well, that was pretty cool. Um, on Zuko alone, Eric Schuler says, all I know is that this, um, all I know is that means there are multiple flavors of bacon referencing 
like mm-hmm. the bacon, the bacon sin, sin. Yeah. that everything happened to be like combined with a pig on this episode for some reason. Um, so Eric says, finally, someone else acknowledges this fact. It's no wonder Sokka is such a diehard carnivore. The sheer culinary opportunities in Avatar have me drooling at the mouth with two <laughs> knives in hand. <laughs> I love the idea of someone literally watching Avatar just getting hungry all, we all did, the time. We did Pokemon Top Chef. Maybe it should be Avatar Top Chef. Maybe we or both. Yeah. Yeah, or both. A little, a Those are bit. all tasty creatures. Mm. I'm telling you, I, I wasn't kidding when I said, you know, it, it was like the how people left Avatar sad that that world didn't exist. That's the this Man. the bacon thing. Hey, that's by it the way, part of it. I don't need multi flavored bacon. Uh, I mean, bacon bacon is kind of perfect, so I don't know why we're flavoring it. You know what? Mm. So is ice cream, but there are many great flavors. Like it's true. You know? <laughs> it's true. Uh, also, super quick shout out on Twitter to Chris E O'Neill, who said that um, Aaron's suggestion about showbiz kids. Had him like mm-hmm. choked up and moved. So thanks for oh, that. Good, good, excellent, excellent. Um, very cool. Well, let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're going to chat about something else we've been watching in the world recently. Um, today, do you want to go first? You're nodding your head. Yeah. Well, I was excited because I I'm going to do something I think is okay. I want to revisit one that I recommended a few weeks back called The Dragon Prince. Nope. Nope. Not okay. Sorry. You have to pick something else. You can do whatever you want. You're beyond. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, at the time, I'd only seen a few um, episodes, and now I've watched all three seasons that have come out. So I just wanted to kind of more fully go back and say that I do. I still think I would recommend this one to most people. There is something I find annoying about it, and that's the music. This is a very it boldly believes it is a epic show. Like the music is epic adventure music it's like boldly epic adventure music and sometimes i find it to be a little distracting it's Mm. almost like it's its own character you know and sometimes like okay calm down you're like so into yourself just like calm down yeah um that's a little distracting to me but i've been really um impressed i think with where the story is trying to go it does remind me of avatar not only because it has books like avatar does but it seems like it's gonna still it's gonna hit some of those same notes of trying to find out like is the bad guy really a bad guy uh what are the redemption stories because at this point in time we don't know the end of the story so we're kind of guessing at where certain things are going to develop it has a youth love to it there's a couple of characters that are actually like making a kind of a love connection uh so that's got that youth i think i would have loved this show when i was you know a a teenager so um and I think that they're doing it in a really appropriate way. They're showing like youth emotions in an appropriate way. Then there's like different levels of children too. There's like a really young one. Then there's some that are maybe 12 or 13. Then you've got some that are maybe 17, 18. Then you've got parents. Uh, oh, you've got aunts and uncles too. There's like really a lot of levels of age and maturity. And the, and the way that they're handling how each of them would be interacting with each other is actually really kind of smart and well done. Uh, I mentioned before a death character. I want to just really briefly touch on that again. There are entire scenes where they continue to just show her speaking with zero interpretation. So unless I go into like forums to figure out what she said, I have no idea what's going on. And I think that's really brave when a show does that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also an introduction of a character who has a disability that's like a surprise reveal. 
I love that too. So there's like a lot of representation. There's different kinds of love representation in this as well, along with a good story, something that's really unique. Uh, a lot of questions about, you know, morality and stuff. So I'm super into it and I'm definitely going to keep watching it all the way to the end. So I just wanted to kind of touch back on that one and say, I think it's one that has, um, has something going for it that is, uh, impressive to me. Do do the animals look good enough to eat though? That seems to be the the selling point on some of these shows. Do you want to eat the animals? They are really, really pretty. (laughs) So no. They look tasty. (laughs) What's gonna after after my thing last week too, where I said something and then found out like after I got off that that had been changed. You're gonna get off today. It's like an hour later. Netflix is canceled. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> uh, you will never not. know what happened. <laughs> is it on Netflix though? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those bummer things where I super binged it just like I did mm. Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast, and so now it's just I have to freaking wait until they come out with their next oh. season. Can and you it imagine? Sucks. I would think animation, though, would be something that's still being worked on, right? I mean, or it can be. I bet people can draw from there is a there's a magical item in this show that has multiple sides. It's a cube. And if I'm reading the world correctly, I think each book is going to be an element that's represented on one of the sides of that cube. So Mm -hmm. we've got three seasons. So I'm thinking there's going to be three more, but I'm not sure. Interesting. So that's Dragon Prince on Netflix. Yes, that's the Dragon Prince on Netflix. What about you, Jonathan? Um, I watched, I don't know how many people are going to be able to watch this, but it was so interesting. I just still wanted to talk about it. Um, yesterday on Shudder, the Shutter, the AMC Shudder streaming service, um, they dropped a movie called um, Host. And it is one of the first, if not the first, although it's only 60 minutes, but it's they're calling it a feature. So the 60 minutes, by the way, total positive about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but um, it is a um, it is a shot in quarantine um, horror movie. Um, the entire movie, I believe, except for maybe a couple seconds at the beginning, takes place on a Zoom call. Okay. Um, and um, it's very similar. How- Aaron and I, we, we did we send unfriended. Yeah. Um, we sure it's, did. It's similar in vain to that. <laughs> what? I just said it's we just sure did. <laughs> like his act, oh, he's like we sure did. <laughs> um, so no, I didn't know if you had something funny about unfriended, but uh, I was just curious. But um, anyway, so yeah, we saw, we did unfriended, which is it's very similar. I will say one thing this has over unfriended though is like I liked these people. Um, I did not like the people in unfriended very much. Right. And yeah. I it, not that I want people to die, but like I was definitely a little more frightened when it got down to these people being in trouble. So what happens is you have a group of uh, it's like. Like, I believe it's five women and then there's a guy that joins too and they're doing a Zoom call and they have decided, I guess because they're bored, I don't know, you know, everybody's in quarantine. Uh, there is open discussion about Corona in this movie. So, I mean, this is very much an in the moment kind of thing that was shot. And um, it was, uh, they decide to have a seance um, on Zoom and they even get this, um, I don't even know, what do you call that? Like a like a mystic or whatever, like a woman that, you know, does, like a psychic or whatever, a woman that does seances, mm-hmm. um, a seance. A medium. A medium, thank you. God, I couldn't think of that. Or in some cases, an extra large, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> so she comes on and then they do the seance. And then um, because of something one character specifically does, I won't give away what it is, I mean, or what happens, but um, they end up contacting someone or something and uh, and then and shit be crazy uh, after, <laughs> after that. But no, no, this was a this was a very effective little movie, man. It, 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 it really it really works. And like I said, that 60 minutes is really 
cool because I mean, it, it, it doesn't waste time with anything, sure. right? It just jumps right in and it tells its story and it's moving the whole time. And it's, it's, it's quite a bit of fun. There's really good suspense in this movie. It was directed by a uh, Rob Savage. He's a, he's a British filmmaker. I don't know much about him other than, than this. It was written by uh, Gemma Hurley and it's a, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to see a bunch of, of movies about Corona and stuff, even though I know we're going to get them, but, uh, but it is really interesting and it does beyond the, 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 the horror movie plot line. Um, there's a lot of subtext there. There's a lot of things about, you know, um, uh, you know, the people that do believe what's going on is really happening. And there's people that don't believe it. Like they kind of use all that and just other things about being in quarantine, being stuck in a house, being stuck in a house, maybe with somebody that, you don't necessarily want to be stuck in a house with. There's like all these kinds of different things that are, you know, going on in real life right now are kind of thrown into this uh, horror movie um, story. And um, it's it's pretty fascinating and it's yeah. it's well worth the watch if you already subscribe to Shudder. Um, I believe they're still offering a free month trial. So you could do like the trial um, and uh, watch this. There's a lot of other things on there that are worth watching too. But um, I, I highly recommend this. I was surprised... It had been getting a good word of mouth, but sometimes with horror movies these days, I don't, I don't know what that's going to entail. But um, uh, it was definitely, it was my kind of, it was my kind of supernatural movie. Let's put it that way. Cool. Um, so, so that's on, uh, uh, it, that's on Shutter. It's on Shutter. It's, called, it's called Host. I think you're right. I think, uh, I think we will start getting more COVID movies, mm-hmm. um, and I think they'll, they'll probably increase exponentially. Um, but you won't uh, necessarily know if you get them or not for about 14 days. So there's even this this one scene where like and it's just it's just something that's like so common now. But like I wouldn't have thought about it before. But like there's like this one scene where this woman decides she has to go outside, and so she leaves the room and comes back, and she's got a mask on. You know, and it's just it's just it's yeah. one of those things that like that's now that's what life is, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's just the norm. That's like putting a hat on yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, putting a raincoat on if it's raining, right? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how, like, even little things like that, I think we're going to see more in movies, even if the movie itself isn't about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, something that I've been binging recently. Uh, it is MTV's The Challenge. Uh, this oh is a, uh, a, g- a game show slash reality show that MTV started in the early 2000s as kind of another way to use their uh, real world and mm-hmm. road rules cast from back in the day. And so originally this was called the Real World Road Rules Challenge, and they would take members from real world cast and members from road rules cast. Oh, I remember this. I remember that. I don't don't watch the challenge, but I remember that. I didn't know this was the same thing. Yeah, so that's the origin is they would take them and they would have them compete in these challenges Mm -hmm. for money. Um, The first, I think, four seasons, there was no, like, overall winner. It was just kind of, like, fun little challenges each week, and they would have prizes, that kind of stuff. But then starting— People would hook up. Yes. uh, (laughs) Starting in season uh, five, it became more of a competition show— and uh, and then I think for season 35 is what they were on this past season. So this has been going on for a long time, almost as long as Survivor. It kind of started around the same time as Survivor, which yeah. was 99. Um, so it's it's been interesting because I kind of wanted to watch it for the Survivor element of it, like the because I love reality competition. I'm not a huge fan of reality drama where it's like the mm-hmm. the uh, the draw is the shouting matches and the he sheds the he said 
said, she said, and the yelling at each other and the hooking up and the partying and that kind of stuff. That is very much an element of this show, especially at the beginning, because that was kind of an MTV staple, you know, for those shows. Um, What I love, what I'm really liking about it that I wasn't expecting is how they use basically the same cast every year. So like there's half the cast comes back for the very next challenge and this continues on. So you start to develop actual characters over the years in this show and how well they're doing. And I was trying to think of like if Survivor brought half the cast back every year, Mm -hmm. how it would be different. And I don't know, it makes for really interesting competition in some ways because you've got a lot of history to these players as they're playing each other. Survivor's kind of doing that a little more now though, right? Like they are occasionally bringing back one or two people. And like, I know they have like their specific seasons that are like all stars. And I know they did that one recently, but I'm saying, but haven't they brought people back more often than they used to? Yeah. Yeah, they will. Uh, they do it sporadically, and if you know, for uh, for Survivor, it's it's more of just kind of a, a like a special treat kind gotcha. of thing. Um, but but here, it's kind of baked in, which I, I don't know. I found really interesting and and really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, so it it's I don't know. Anytime you go back, and I think I talked about Top Chef too, uh, maybe not here, maybe elsewhere that I've been watching some of those old seasons. Um, but it's it's one of those things to go back in history and watch reality competition shows. I never thought that would be a fun thing to do. And it's one of my favorite things. And I think part of it also has to do with the time machine aspect of it and the idea that I'm watching them battle out for this I forget what it was called, but it was basically a device where you could watch digital movies. Can you imagine that? Like an mm-hmm. actual device that you could hold in your hand. Like, because it's before, <laughs> the, it's before yeah. the iPhone for sure. And yeah. definitely before phones were able to do everything. So like, it was funny. I told my wife they had for one of the, 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 the prize packages, it was like a Rio MP3 player, a Nikon camera, a uh, a, a phone, and like all these things. I was like, that's one device now. GPS. Like it was like this yeah. whole package of stuff. And it was like, yeah, yeah I've got that in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's awesome. Yeah. I, it's, um... it's kind of funny. Because I, I told you, I think I've mentioned this to you. I, I I stopped watching Survivor very early. Like I watched the first two seasons, and I think I didn't even make it all the way through season three. Yeah. But then CBS All Access has every season. Yeah, it so does. So I I haven't been binging, but I think I'm like on season six now. So oh, nice. I've been I've been I've been watching it though, and it, it has been. It's been fascinating watching it early on. Obviously, Survivor's not using technology and stuff, but um, but it's still it's just fascinating to watch like that mindset. And also, you're still watching people that like because I remember the first Survivor All Star thing the thing i found most interesting about that was um these are people that became popular doing a reality show right Mm -hmm, and like that was a new concept at that time that like you could actually become famous uh you know like the kardashians Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you could actually make a living off being a reality star yeah that was such a foreign concept well and especially at that time especially with the challenge when you're doing it every year yeah if you win the fifty thousand or a hundred thousand a year i mean you're that's a salary Right. Like, and if you're doing oh, it every year. Yeah. So, and then they, and they, I'm sure, and I'm sure they do other things, promotional things that yeah. get them money. But, um, I've never watched an episode of that. I did watch Road Rules Real World Challenge, I think, maybe one season, but I never have watched it since. I know Barrett's a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's watched like just about every season. Yeah, I think he has. Um, but he's been a re- he's a Real World fan too. Like he's been a fan of all that stuff from the get go. But these are the same people every year, basically, right? Like they occasionally they'll get a new one. Not like I said, I think it's about half the cast comes back, okay. and then some okay. people will come back two years later. And a lot of times you'll notice like the winner of the previous year doesn't come back the next year, probably because. They 
they don't need the money at that point and then or, they, they, or they don't want to lose because they you know yeah. uh, they've already won uh that, no that's interesting i mean it, there is something about it that's kind of fascinating are the challenges like actually like real like yes and that's what i love i they are legitimate physical challenges and it's it, for me that's the part i love i love the actual yeah. like reality competition part of it so that's what i'm that's, oh, that's what cool. i'm enjoying and they also do like puzzles and stuff there, right? Like yep. kind of more like mind, yeah, sure. mind challenges. Yep. Yeah. And it also changes up the doing? format pretty much every year. So like, the, so, so, you know, where a survivor part of the beauty is that the game stays somewhat the same and then they'll add little yeah. twists in here and there. The game completely changes in this year to year. Like the, the, oh, okay. the whole point of the game will change one year to one season to the next. So it, yeah. It's it's and really they're interesting. Like, they're like, and aren't they like like they're drinking a ton and stuff too, right? That like, is the other element of it. Oh my goodness, there's there is so much debauchery. It is it is definitely that almost part of the makes show. the challenges more interesting, though, right? Because it's like, <laughs> how are you doing this? Um, where did where did you say you were watching it? So Pluto TV is where a lot of the old seasons are available, and then the newer seasons are available through Amazon, uh, MTV, the hits. Uh, it's like seven bucks a month. And uh, and you can watch a lot of the newer newer episodes there. Uh, but yeah, and then behind the scenes, Aaron and Barrett are bonding over this show. So that's pretty fun to watch. <laughs> that's that's, that's a fun thing it's to true. watch. They're gonna start their own challenge. Yes, series. it's happening definitely. <laughs> Man, yep. just don't think I'm gonna participate. I don't like competition. See, but it already works too. You got the Barrett shares versus the Aaron Dicers. See, I mean, that's like those yeah, sound like team yeah. names. It's the A team B team challenge. Does sound like- yeah. yeah, it's not gonna go well for the B team. I'm just glad you guys know you're. <laughs> hey, on your well, own. I can't do it because I don't. I don't drink anymore, and um, I don't. I don't do uh, physical activity. So perfect. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> perfect. It's all. Per- it's all coming together. It's all coming together. Uh, that's gonna wrap it up for behind the scenes this week don't forget to make sure you're subscribed go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well you can also hang out with us on twitter we are at cinemasins bts uh on twitter uh i am at aaron dicer she is at Denae says d-e-n-e-e-s-a-y-s and he is at sam loomis 13 so for jonathan watkins nay hughes and myself we'll see you next week thanks for listening Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. So, so on the list of random things that's in my recording closet today, I have a, I have a vacuum cleaner in here today. Oh, nice. Look, nice. Look, nice. Look how proud I am of this thing. That looks like a that looks like a nail gun combined with a vacuum cleaner. Is that like a handheld trigger? Yeah. What is that thing? That's it's amazing. It, it is amazing. It yeah, looks like a looks... gun, like a vacuum gun. Here, let me. I'll unhook the little attachment. Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It doesn't look like a vacuum. That's like a, if a dustbuster busted souls. So then check out this. I mean, God, how boring am I? Look at my vacuum cleaner attachment, guys. Well, I'm never buying a vacuum cleaner again. I'm just borrowing the Hughes. Dude, this thing is amazing. I I um, I had this one attachment on it, and I was doing a small area rug that we keep in our bathroom, and we've never vacuumed it. It's been a long time. Yeah. I got probably a third of a cup of fine gray dust out of this vacuum cleaner. Wow. And that kind of freaks me out, genuinely. Um. It was a lot. But what was crazy about it is the suction on this thing was so much. It was like a workout. I had to have one foot on the left, far left of the rug, one foot on the far right of the rug. So I'm kind of like straddling it. Uh-huh. And then it was like a workout to go, 
like with my arms and just pull the vacuum across the rug. Wow. But after that, I got so much stuff out of there. It was crazy. A little unnerving. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the story. That's today's random thing in Danae's recording closet. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, my mother-in-law got us a Roomba for Christmas a couple years ago. So I just have that going three or four times a week, especially since I work at home. We thought about getting a Roomba. There's a couple reasons we decided not to right now. Like, I think I'm going to wait until I'm very wealthy. <laughs> I don't, well, and that's what I say. Ours is a present. I don't think we would have bought one. Like, I don't think that's something we just would have bought on our own. If you're very wealthy, why? I mean, why don't you just uh, hire someone? Someone probably yeah, could use that job. If I job. was very wealthy, I would have a live-in house cleaner. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, they would have like their like they if I was very wealthy, like I would have guest houses and shit. So, we, yeah. you know, we would just have we would just hire people that wow. didn't necessarily live in, but maybe people that would be there during the day to take sure. care of things. It would be full hmm. on Downton Abbey at my house. Like if oh I if, if I were wow. wealthy, we'd we'd have uh, we'd be providing jobs for dozens of people. Yeah, I was going to say you're providing jobs, right? I don't think that's rude. No. Um, yeah. You have to in wow. some ways. Haven't you watched Downton Abbey? You have to maintain that old way of doing things so people don't lose their jobs. So, like, I was just thinking about my problem being that when I go look at the Roomba website, I automatically want to get the most expensive one. I do this with laptops. Mm -hmm. I do this with, with a lot of things. Where what's the low end on Roombas? Like hundred bucks? Uh, like yeah. A, yeah, a couple hundred dollars. But then, like on the high end, for example, you've got maybe a six hundred dollar vacuum cleaner or more. I don't think that's what we have. And those are the ones where they. You can go on an app and you can map out your house perfectly so they know exactly. And you can tell the you can tell the vacuum cleaner what room to go to. Yeah, no, we don't have that one. <laughs> but that's my problem. My problem is like that's the yeah. one that I'm like, ooh, that's the one that I want. And you guys but, are like, you know what? If I was wealthy, I wouldn't get the expensive Roomba. I'd buy people. <laughs> would, no, wait. you're not buying now, people. Hold on. You're hiring people that are looking for work. There are many things I will stand for in, in the recording of these outtakes, Danae. But a, accusations of slavery is not one of them. <laughs> Man, I remember. So so I did not come from wealth, but um, I, I would say that if you compare it to other places, I definitely came from wealth. Yeah, it's all a matter like, of perspective. It's all a matter of perspective. I, w I moved into a school district that was like a wealthier school district. And before the people that I went to school with, specifically the girls... Uh, realized that I was not wealthy. I was invited to a lot of birthday parties at their mansions. And there was this one birthday party I attended where the girl's bedroom had a small balcony that overlooked their indoor pool. Nice. <laughs> and it was, a, it was that house and a couple of others that really kind of made me realize did, that I wasn't, I, I was a very different, I had a very different upbringing. Did you stand on the balcony and say, I am a golden God. Did you do that? I don't even know what that's referencing, oh, okay, but yes, enough. I said it anyway. Let's just pretend. <laughs> you know, you say that though, and I would, if I could give that to my daughter, I would do it. I mean, you know, that'd be awesome. But then other people will take that as you'd be spoiling her, but whatever. Right. And then, in it, well, it, there's this really interesting thing we do about judging other people's situation on both ends, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those, it's one of those way we, ways we compare ourselves to each other and somehow put monetary value into some sort of blender equation of human value and that's just where it gets all messed up and it's just like and it goes both ways you know there's a very much a, a an eat the rich mentality right now which is nobody mm -hmm. should be rich right nobody nobody oh, should have yeah have money you have like 
nobody should you know you know earn more than anybody else i get where that comes from but i think there's there's a balance somewhere where we have to stop using the idea of resources as the idea of value the problem is resources often equal power and that's yeah. where the problem comes in with that power dynamic mm-hmm. but but yeah it's it's I, I have lived in a 700, you know, square foot home with four children and a dog, you know, you know, a little, tiny little two bedroom, one bathroom house. And we were as happy as could be. You know what I mean? Like there's just, right. it's just, I don't believe you, but sure. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's, there, yeah. there is a, there is an understanding of your situation does not define who you are. And it also, uh, I also understand that I come from a place of privilege where I can work my way out of that much easier than some other people can. Mm-hmm. And so there's sure. there's there's an understanding of both things where it's like, right. you know, uh, the the distribution of resources is valuable and interesting, but how it happens is also important and part of what freedom is and what it means to to have a free economy. All that stuff is it's important to balance out and sometimes we get lost in the edges and forget about the balance. I have this uh I have a, all these cords sort of bunched up under my table where I have my broadcasting stuff and they all just kind of slowly have been loosening and my and I have my little dog bed underneath my recording table as well and Reese's was down there just like chill and then all of a sudden all the cords just went (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) Reese's oopsie (laughs) guys that was me that was me you can't be in here if you're gonna be like that (laughs) guys you I'm serious you can't be in here if you're gonna be like that hey hey I'm serious I'm serious you sound serious I think I'm probably yeah, Danae. Him. Yeah, I was gonna say Danae barking at dogs who are barking. Yeah. Probably not the greatest way to get them to calm down. Hey, listen, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, you, you know the language. You don't know tell the language. me how to raise my dogs. Don't, don't tell me. How, I'm not asking on the internet for your opinions. That's a good. That's a good. You make a good point, though. Never. Ask, and I wouldn't. I can't imagine no. like putting a question, especially on Twitter. Oh God, no, no. I if I have a if I have a question about something, I call. Uh, people that I admire who have raised children, grown children that I admire their children. <laughs> hey, how did you talk to them about this or something? That's my plan is I like how your kids are. How did you approach this thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. thought I thought I could use Aaron for that. But now that I found out he's a liar and says that he was happy in a 700 square foot. home, with, <laughs> Can't know, trust all, him. I mean, so he's a liar. So it's done. I wish he wasn't a liar. I need you guys to tell me it's okay to not address this mess right now. You don't have to address it right now. <laughs> you don't have to. Can you, you, don't can have you be to. friends to me and, and help sure. me? Because I'm like, sure. I'm By the way, for, into for, this place. For those uh, listening in the outtakes, Danae is talking about her hair. Uh, and just wants to know it's okay that you know it's not looking all perfect today. Oh, you were talking oh about the God. cords, the electric cords. Sorry, Danae. I'm so sorry uh-huh. about that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I love being painted in light. I care about my hair. That's great. <laughs> you don't. That's why it's funny. It's amazing. Although it looks great, by the way, it doesn't look doesn't look bad. Hey, Danae. In all seriousness, put it down. I I'm having, down. I'm genuinely no, struggling. No, no. Put it down. I think. Like what I wanted, I think if I get something like this, I could just like hang it off uh-huh, of it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? Maybe not when we're recording though. Huh? And I just need to get it. I, I just need to go get like some tools. Uh-huh. Yeah, later. Like anchor. Later. Since last we recorded a week ago, Iris has developed a very distinct Southern accent. <laughs> nice. She is, she's playing around with how she yeah. says things. And so I think it's super normal and I'm not worried about it. But she says, Kayet, Nayo. She's adding all these extra syllables into stuff. And I, we have no idea where it came from. So, yeah, yes. Uh, I'm guessing she's watching some show 
or something like there's something that had to trigger it and i'm i don't know what it is i've been oh I've been is she paying... watching peppa pig yet no oh <gasps> wait my daughter developed like a little british accent no uh, no because I mean, of she peppa doesn't pig. have a british accent she it's straight like deep yeah. southern right now as like, long it's like... as as long as she's not proclaiming the love of her heritage through a certain flag i think you're gonna be okay <laughs> like you know just be you know as long as it doesn't get that southern um What's interesting is so there's myself, my mother, and then her. Uh, so Iris is two grandma grandmas and myself, um, and we're all like acting concerned that she's like, why is she changing how she's talking? And then after about two or three days, I was like, why am I worried about this? This is just her experimenting with language. Um, and so I encouraged her grandmothers to also stop worrying about it. My mom was over uh, spending some time with her last night. And Iris was saying everything with all these extra <laughs> syllables. And my mother is making faces like, like, oh, like, like it's offensive to her. Like, Why is that so offensive to you? Like, it's fine. She's just playing with her language. That's it. Yeah, it's, that's she's, what they not, do. she's not cussing. She's not, you know, I don't know. It's an but, it's just interesting perception, isn't it? She will be soon, though. She will be soon. Oh, she's already said a couple things, and I've been so proud of myself because I didn't respond to her at all. Because mm -hmm. uh, there was one day we jumped into the back of the car uh, with the dogs, and the dogs jumped in, and I and I called them like I said, I said, get in the front seat, little piddle shits, and I didn't realize mm -hmm. what I said. Um, and she started giggling, and so I realized I had to be really, really careful. And then within like two minutes, uh, what did I say? Something that rhymed, which is the worst. It's the worst when you rhyme your curse words. Oh, because that'll be fun for them. Yeah. I think I said, oh, I said, quit that shit. That's what I said. Quit that shit. And she goes, ah! <laughs> and so then later on, she said something to the tune of that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. I just totally <laughs> just like moved on. And then she said, damn it, the other day. Um, clear as a bell. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, what, what, what was that that you said? And she repeated it. And I was like, whoa, wham it, bam it slam it gram it uh, and we just played a rhyming game right afterwards just to sort of like disperse yeah just to, and I, I looked at jess i was like do not react <laughs> don't yeah don't when they're that age you can do that like when any she attention. gets to be like eight or nine you just kind of have to be yeah i'm gonna have to that. own it when she's eight or nine i'm gonna have to own it some of those words too though i wonder how they became bad like I w I've always been curious about that. Like, I get, like, you know, I, I get why stuff like God damn it and Jesus Christ, like, that's... And then, obviously, derogatory stuff, which isn't even cursing. That's a whole other thing. It's horrible. But I don't know. Just, like, fucking shit. Like, here in the in Tennessee, um, high school football coaches are actually illegal. They're actually allowed to say shit because that's been claimed as Southern terminology. It's Southern slang. Mm. Like, that's an actual rule on the books <laughs> that somebody like, took the time we can <laughs> curse. to vote on. <laughs> please, please, please stop adding me. I can curse. I think we have uh, wandered into a part of this conversation that I can actually join in on. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the the idea of the, uh, the F word, uh, the S word is, is just because it's about stuff that people think is rude to talk about. And so it's the it's the vulgarity of it. Like if you look up the definition of vulgarity, it's the idea of so, speaking things that shouldn't be spoken. Um, and so that's that's kind of what it is. So I guess it's the chicken before the egg, right? Like so so fuck has always been a terminology towards like a, a terminology of sex. It's mm -hmm. never been like that. Just became a terminology of sex. 
Right. You'll see a very similar progression with the word bug in the English language and like the old English language where bugger was that's, you know, that's where it came from. The idea of, Mm -hmm. you know, buggering someone or or that kind of thing. And then eventually it just became a curse word. Uh, I like mother bugger better. (laughs) Mother (laughs) bugger. Start using it. But but again, eventually became a curse word that became so ubiquitous that you hear it in words like booger. Like the little thing in your nose Mm -hmm. is a little booger. Uh, You hear it in words like a bug, you know, a little thing that flies around you, bug, you know, bugs you. Um, you know, so it's it's just kind of the, the the way the terminology has has progressed is is really interesting. And they're they're all just sounds, but isn't bloody like British slang? Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't mm-hmm. bloody the one that's like like the goddamn it basically? Like isn't that referring yeah, it's, it's to it's the granddaddy? Jesus? Yeah, it's the it, uh, yes, yeah, the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's referring to, right? That's why it's bad. Yes. So yeah, or it's uh, it's sacrilegious it's, or whatever. It's yeah. Sacrilegious, yeah, not bad. I shouldn't say bad. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just it's a fascinating thing to explore, and I have done my uh my exploration of it as someone who just has never really partaken in it. So it's been yeah, no, it's been interesting. And you, I remember like one of the first things you said when I met, like when we started emailing, like all of us, like when we both started writing for cinema sense was one of the first things you said was i'm not good at cursing i just want you guys to know that it's actually funny because there's been sometimes whenever um he uh aaron has changed some of how the cursing is whenever it gets to the um you know the editing process uh-huh. and i'll watch it on when we do our um editing notes i'll watch it and be like no that's lame now and i have him take it out <laughs> <laughs> that's happened twice <laughs> Well, and I like, I, I, you know, I'm used to writing for Jeremy and, you know, that's pretty much, you know, he's got a few things that like he doesn't want to talk sure. about. You know, I mean, he's got some things he said, like, I would rather do it this way. But like, he'll, he'll say stuff like Jesus and, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I didn't even think about the fact. And then Aaron changed one of my Jesuses to G's. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really think about it. But then Chris wrote, like, I get why this was changed to G's. So let's just change it in the text. It's fine. And then I was mm-hmm. like, wait, why was it? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron would not want to say person. that. Right. So now I don't write that in my scripts that are specifically for Aaron. I try to slide in something that I think Aaron would be uncomfortable with saying every script just to try to see how much he'll squirm. That's not true. <laughs> this is good because we've been asked about this. And so I, I think this is a good, you know, here in the outtakes or whatever is a good, a good place to explore it. But it's been interesting to me to distinguish between what is an actual moral choice of mine and what is just, you know, a built in discomfort of programming of my youth. Right. Like there's there's. As a mm-hmm. as a you know mid forties, it's like guy. it's like the alcohol of cussing of cussing for you. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Because we talked about that last time, right? Right. Like yeah, yeah. You, no, you no, no. I know. You had a pride I totally, thing with I, it. I, I want you to know. I totally respect that. Like, I'm not. I'm not making yeah. fun or anything. Oh no, no, I just, no, no. I don't feel uh, that at all. And a lot of the writing we have to figure out. Like, it's you know, it's hard. It's hard to switch from writing in Jeremy's voice because we didn't know what your voice was going to be at that point either. Right. Right. Um, I think so we're starting to figure it, it out. You know, it's yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Now. Yeah. No, I think it's it's feeling it's very... more and more comfortable every every script. Um, so and I so I had to kind of draw some of those lines and go, OK, what am I morally? You know, what are my true? Because I do mm-hmm. believe words are important. I believe the words we use do communicate things and what we communicate can be important. And for me, it kind of came down to is are the words I'm communicating uh, now or ever going to be able to be derogatory towards a specific group? That's really important to me. So, for instance, you won't hear me say and I, and I will say the word, you know, talking about it, but you won't hear me say the word bitch in a script because that mm-hmm. is a, a commonly associated female specific term 
that is that has been used through history to, to be derogatory towards you women. You don't hear it as so, much anymore either. So, um, well, it's one of those things where I, yeah. I, I, you know, for me, I, I want to stay away from something because there are words that plenty of people used, not meaning them in any certain way. That eventually was, as we grew up as a society and as a culture, we realized, oh, we shouldn't use the R word. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, when I was growing up, even you know the quote unquote good kids used that word just as a way to say you're dumb or you're stupid or whatever. And they didn't, they didn't mean it that way. If they would have taken a second to stop and think about it. And so I'm just trying to take that second to stop and think about it and go, does this word hurt someone? Can it hurt someone? And so mm-hmm. those are the words I'm trying to stay away from. When it's, when yeah. it's non-group specific, I think I'm relaxing. I'm saying asshole in the scripts, which is not a word I use in my day-to-day life. You know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, dams or you know, whatever the case may be, but it's just, it's because the, I think the narrator would say those words. Um, but I, so making those decisions has been a really fascinating exploration of my own ethical moral dilemmas. It, ha- it has been at times very emotional for me, and I didn't expect that. Chris and I did a movie from the early 2000s where where gay was thrown around. Yeah. In 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 bad in bad and not not referring to homosexuals. Yeah. Uh, just you know that's gay, that's gay, that kind of thing. And uh, like it was. In fact, Chris wrote an outstanding sin about it that I, I can't wait till we talk about that movie. But um, yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting just even the last 15, 20 years how some of that or like you think back about how different rap is now versus talk about the word bitch um mm-hmm. yeah how different rap is now than it was well you in, know in the 90s you know i think of words like uh like um sea sucker you know that that's another word that specifically spring up. i don't even know what that is what is that <laughs> well <laughs> i really he don't want to say it he he's wanting he doesn't want to say the the c word a clock uh so so oh, yeah so oh you, i thought you were saying s-e-e like sea yes, sucker or yes, s-e-a yes, or something yes. i immediately went to a sea creature for a split yeah. second. i was like a sea yeah. sucker that's an interesting one i've never well, heard okay i am not gonna say kraken let, let, yeah. i'm saying i refuse kraken. to say octopus let let, let me this this brings even the fact that i would say sea sucker brings me to something that i think is where i have to fight my own intellectualism because there's nothing wrong with me saying the word as we're talking about these words, right? Like there's nothing like we're having a conversation, but there are certain words that hold so much power. We don't say them because we know they're so hurtful. The N word is an example of that. Um, there are others that I'm sure you can think of, uh, but it's but it's it's fascinating to me because the intellectual me is like, well, they're just sounds, and if you're talking, if you're not directly hurting someone with them, uh, you you still you may feel like that's okay, but then you might be indirectly hurting some with them, and so mm-hmm. it becomes this really n- not uh, supremely intellectual exercise. It becomes a human exercise, and that's something I'm trying to get better at is seeing the human aspect of things that I tend to intellectualize. Uh, and so so for that reason, yes, there are words that I won't say. I'll just change them or whatever, but I'm figuring out what those are. And let me be clear since I since I since I brought up uh, the word bitch, let me be clear that that word is also being taken back by women in similar ways that the N-word is being taken back by the black community in a way mm-hmm. that women playfully call each other bitches or you know whatever and that's that's a fully appropriate in my mind way to change language and reclaim it i th- i think that's that's beautiful but it has to be owned by that group 
You know what I mean? That's I think we have to be aware that that there's an ownership there by the people that those words have hurt and harmed that uh, that they then take ownership of that word and it is theirs now. Uh, and as to the question of uh, do I uh, say the F words and the S words in the scripts that are bleeped, uh, we're going to let <laughs> the answer. The answer is. <laughs> yes, we're going to let that remain a secret. Uh, maybe we'll uh, release the audio someday. That and Danae's age. Um. <laughs> you had a fan freak out moment with somebody in your Dungeons and Dragons group, right? Oh, they were, my God. <laughs> they were like, yeah. wait, the CinemaSins? Wait, 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 wait. You write for the CinemaSins? The, <laughs> the YouTube CinemaSins? Like the OG YouTube? You write for the <laughs> CinemaSins. <laughs> yeah. It was like my guy at the Chevy dealer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a more interesting uh, context. My favorite part of that was when he turned to his cousin, who I hang out with. He's my dungeon master. And he was like, um, he's like, how could you not tell me that Danae is the Danae from CinemaSins? (laughs) And my DM from the game was like, honestly, I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. (laughs) All right, let's get started. Okay, Aaron, fine. Let's start the show. But I just remembered. Blah, blah, blah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 